Hello and welcome to the Adjust Your Rings podcast. This is episode number 25. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how you doing? All very well, mate. Yeah, brutal uh, couple of weeks in, in fantasy. How about you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I had, um, I had quite a good week uh, fantasy-wise, but it's been an absolutely terrible week for uh, injuries in real life, hasn't it? Oh, it's been absolutely brutal and uh, obviously it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, I seem to have them all in, in one league. So uh, yeah, it's killed me in a couple, but... Yeah, that's the game we play. Yeah, the Chubb one was uh, was especially bad, wasn't it? When you uh, when you see the replays, I didn't even want to show the replay on the broadcast. But um, as always, it was uh, floating around on Twitter, so we've uh, we've seen it, and yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't really want to look at it, but you sort of have to, don't you? It's um, yeah, it's absolutely brutal. It's the same knee did before, and I'm sure we will get into it, but gutted for him, really. Yeah, so week two is in the books, more player performance to analyse and even more players to add to the list that we want dead, but um, we'll review all week two games, um, we've got week two uh, studs and duds and also a player to stash in Dynasty again, but before we do anything, Sean, Kareem Hunt Watch is now officially over. We've finally made it, I don't know if we get a slice of this, what's the percentage <laughs> we're talking? I'm not sure, I know he signed a one-year deal, but what was the, uh, what was the money, do you know? I've not seen anything about the money, but um, yeah, I can't imagine it's uh, much after we take our slice, to be fair. But um, it's finally over. Talk to me. Yeah, we're, due, we're definitely we're definitely due some sort of percentage from this one, aren't we? I mean, we've been we've been trying all summer. Yeah, well, I don't know what we're going to talk about, to be fair, because it's episode twenty-five. He's been in twenty-four of them so far, so it's <laughs> uh, it's a massive shame for the pod. But um, you know, bit of a weird one. I know we're jumping ahead a bit, but. They obviously didn't really like him, did they? And there was a lot of talk that he'd lost a bit. And um, I suppose it's just an easy deal, isn't it? He knows the playbook and knows the scheme. And it's just an easy deal to do, isn't it? Yeah, he's going to come in there. He's comfortable with everything. He knows everything they're running. And he's probably not getting the money that they didn't want to pay anyway. So, yeah, it's just a nice, easy fit for them right now, isn't it? With, with Chubb out, obviously. Yeah, it's a weird one because there was talk that they worked him out yesterday. Then it all went a bit quiet and there was rumours that they weren't impressed with his uh, physical makeup, shall we say? But I think needs must at this stage. Don't they just need um, an experienced head in the building? So we've stashed him everywhere. Uh, our boy Kareem Hunt is now a Cleveland Brown. So um, I mean, what do you think of it, really? Um, I think that um, he'll eat into a little bit of the work more than he would have if it was Chubb. I think that he'll eat that Ford won't get the work that Chubb got previously. So. It's going to be probably like a 70, 30 or 65, 35 split there, I think. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I think Chubb was surprisingly getting a bit of receiving work this year, weren't he? And, you know, I don't think Ford is going to get anywhere near that sort of work. He just sort of will siphon a bit off to Hunt, won't he? And I, I don't know. It, I'll be, I won't be starting Kareem Hunt for a few weeks until I see how it plays out, to be fair. But um, I just worry they might both muddy the waters a bit and there might not be enough for either. But it's all to play out, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I think you've just got to wait and see for a, a couple of weeks on this one and, and see how it plays out. Pierre Strong there as well. He scored a touchdown the other night, but um, it's not a bad little running back core, is it, that free? It's not bad, yeah. I mean, we both like Pierre Strong. I do worry about his role going forward, though. If Kareem Hunt just hops over him and suddenly he's the third option, it's, you know, I don't know how much work he'll get, but it's not a bad little room, is it? I think it's the Sean Watson you need to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I he's one of my uh, one of my most owned players, so yeah, yeah, that uh, doesn't bode well for me. But anyway, let's start with um, the first game from week two last Thursday evening. So um, 
Talk to me, Sean. So let's go to uh, Philadelphia, where the Eagles beat the Vikings 34-28. What do you take from this game? I don't know, a bit of a, bit of a surprising one, really. But um, finally, our boy DeAndre Swift, I suppose, is the big takeaway. After week one and just being absolutely panned and nobody wanted anything to do with him, suddenly Gamewell was out and Swift had a career day. So, um, yeah, I wish I'd bought him everywhere after week one, but I don't think anyone was really selling. But he just went off, didn't he? 28 carries, 175 yards, three receptions and a touchdown. So, um, yeah, redemption for our boy DeAndre Swift. I bet you were dancing about, weren't you? Yeah, so I watched the. Uh, I stayed up and watched the first half, and it, it, he looked really, really good. He was getting basically all the work. It was Boston Scott would come in for maybe like two or three snaps here or there, but it was just literally to give Swift a breather. But he was, yeah, he was brilliant. He was um, obviously running behind a great offensive line, and yeah, he was. There was lots on the table for him, and he he happily took it. But he was uh, he was very good, very explosive, and. Everything you want to see from DeAndre Swift, he can catch as well. So, yeah, he was he was really good. And obviously, you and I have been big fans for ages, so it was really nice to see for us too. Yeah, and I think it's just, in terms of talent, he's just a better running back than Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell's fine. He's one of those straight-line runners, really decent speed, but he's not built to be a lead back, is he? So I was surprised what they did in week one. Hopefully now they've seen DeAndre Swift and what he can do. He should get a consistent role, but... Just never know with uh, with the Eagles, do it could very well be a bit of a mess when when game rolls back this week. But for now, let's just enjoy enjoy our boy Swift. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think you can have a guy go for over 180 scrimmage yards and then kind of give him a backseat next week, can you? So hopefully it continues. But um, you never do, you do never know, do you? Yeah, you don't. I mean, I think another key takeaway: Rashad Penny's just a, got no role there, has he? Got three carries. Strangely got a reception, but he just was completely not in the game plan at all. And even more so, once game rolls back, he might just be inactive again. And I do wonder about Penny. Will he Will he move on? Will someone move from him as a little cheap deal? He stinks of a raven. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, he does reek of a raven running back, doesn't he? He really, really does. Um, yeah. But I suppose the rest of the, uh, the game, uh, Devonta Smith went off, didn't he? And... Uh, only got four four receptions, but they went for 131 yards. So, um, yeah, I've got AJ Brown in a couple. I tried to move him, and uh, yeah, the split between those two is going to be a bit interesting. It, it killed me the other day, but I know you're a you're bigger Slim Reaper fan, aren't you? Yeah, I like Devonta Smith a lot, and he um, he scored me some good points because I've got him in quite a few leagues. But he, like you say, he only had the five targets, and AJ Brown had six targets, but. Both of them caught four balls, but it's just that Devonta Smith got the yardage. And there was a uh, clip in the second half, wasn't there, of AJ Brown fairly upset on the sideline. He's probably seen his box score of 6.9 points, and he's he's probably owning, owning himself in a few leagues, and he's annoyed, isn't he? Yeah, do you reckon these boys own themselves? I'm sure they would, wouldn't they? I, I'd pick myself <laughs> one I want if, if I was a player. It would happen. Yeah, 100%. You've got, you got to have a team with yourself in, haven't you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, on to, uh, obviously, I haven't really spoke much about the tight ends, but Goddard got a bit of work. Finally, didn't get much production, but got seven targets after throwing up a, a dud the week before. So, I mean, that's what you want to see. He'll, he'll get some points over the course of the season. I'm not worried at all. Yeah, they tried to um, get him involved fairly early and, and, and drop a few um, tight end screens in, which they used a lot last year. And he just didn't gain much yardage on, on, on what he did. But, yeah, Goddard will be fine going forward. There's going to be games when he'll have big games. But then... The tight end position is such a such a wasteland, isn't it? That yeah, he'll be fine moving forward. Yeah, I mean, before we move to the Vikings, what do you make of this like rugby 
play that the, the Eagles keep doing where they all just push Jalen Hurts forward. It just looks a bit shit, but you can't really argue with it, can you? It's effective. Yeah, I don't really... I'm not that bothered about it, to be honest. It does look crap, but I'm, I'm not bothered. If, and, until someone stops them, then stop going on about it. You know, if you yeah, stop them, the then, you know, put yeah. the top in it. Yeah, it's just uh, hard yards, isn't it? It's just, the, you know, it's no different to like a LeGarrette Blunt or a, you know, Marshawn Lynch type power back, really. Just everyone's pushing from behind. I, I've got no problem with it. It looks a bit shit, but why not? Yeah, it doesn't really bother me. Just someone needs to... It was like when Spoma were brilliant at football and everyone called them boring, but it was because no one could touch them. So no one can stop this, so everyone complains. But yeah, I've got no problem with it. It just looks rubbish. Yeah, agreed. Well, I mean, the Vikings... They weren't great, but they're going to put up fantasy points. I mean, Kirk Cousins, he's so vanilla, but he just seems to have these games done. He went for 364 yards and put up about 35 fantasy points because he threw four touchdowns. So he was quite effective. Running back room was a load of shit, though, wasn't it? Madison was a, was a killer in the running back room. Eight carries for 28 yards. I mean, I've got Madison in a couple. I don't know how much you've got of Madison, but he was, um, yeah, he was abysmal. I had one share of him uh, before the season, and I binned it in a in a deal. Um, but yeah, he was um, he was poor. He wasn't explosive. Um, he, he wasn't doing anything. To, he wasn't creating anything, and he had the fumble as well. And he, I think he, he had two fumbles, I think. But the Vikings literally threw this game away. I think Matteson had two fumbles. Cousins had a fumble. Jefferson had the touchback. Honestly, the Vikings should have actually won this game, but they they threw so many points away and gave so many turnovers it was just ridiculous they should have cleanly won this game but they've been doing it for two games now the amount of turnovers they've had in two games is a joke tidy that up and they'll probably be okay yeah exactly i mean people are really worried about madison i think the scores worrying and the usage wasn't that worrying for me i mean he got six targets i mean if you're getting a running back getting six targets a game he's going to produce so just one of those games. I've got Madison a couple. I picked him up for a second in two leagues, I think, just because I needed some running back depth. I suppose just keep an eye on it. We quite both quite liked Ty Chandler. Didn't get much work. I don't know many running backs that will get the better of the Eagles, to be honest with you. So chalk it down to one of those games and, and see what happens, really, because there's not much else in that room. Yeah, the Eagles' front is incredible as well, to be honest. You've got Jalen Carter in there. You've got Jordan Davis. You've got... The old boys in there and Brandon Graham and, and they've got sweat on the edge and um, Hassan Reddick. It's a, it's, a, it's a frightening front. So, yeah, not many will run on the Eagles, I don't think, with that with those guys in there. But, yeah, it was just disappointing for Madison because any chance that he got, he just didn't look explosive. No, and uh, Miles Gaskin, zero carries again. So, um, yeah, all these people punting fab on Gaskin. I don't even know if he was active, to be fair. Um, zero interest at all and, yeah, vindicated. Yeah, on to the wide receivers. I don't think we need to talk too much about Justin Jefferson. He's just incredible. He didn't even score a touchdown, and he had the touchback when he, if he holds the ball, he scores. But 11 from 13 for 159 yards. I mean, Darius Slay was on him a fair bit, and he just could not guard him. He just couldn't get near him. So, yeah, Jefferson, elite as always, and there's not much else to say. He's the best receiver in the league for me, and he's just, yeah, he's clear, of, he's clear by a way, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he turned up with, he's called Justin Jefferson and he calls himself Jet, doesn't he? And he turned up with a, an actual gold grill for his teeth with a jet plane on it. I mean, adjust ranks, he's, he's flying any he, with that. <laughs> he can't go any higher up the ranks for that, can he? No, I mean, where do you get these things from? Which Julia do you go to get like an aeroplane put on your grill? I mean, I don't know. Good luck to him, when but he's you, always sensational. 
when you when you're gonna get the deal that he's about to get, you can get whatever you want. Yeah, within reason. Yeah, um, I mean the the rest of the um the rest of the room, Addison, you know, another touchdown. He just seems to get free. He's got that ability, isn't he? I suppose it helps that Jefferson's getting double coverage every time, but he does get does get free. But I still like Osborne. KJ Osborne just quietly going about his business. Three receptions, thirty four yards, and a touchdown. He's putting up twelve points without anyone really caring you know he's actually he's going to be fine I think he's going to be usable in the flex in some leagues yeah he's very he's just very very solid can play inside and outside and he's a good run blocker as well he's just a very very solid wide receiver and he's going to get points because I think this offense is going to throw it about a lot as well so yeah KJ Osborne's fine I don't mind KJ Osborne yeah and your scruffy uh tight end mate Hawkinson um another huge game Seven receptions off eight targets, sixty-six yards, two touchdowns. I can't get by his hair; it just drives me insane. But he's um, incredibly productive. Yeah, he's just a massive, massive volume monster, and um, I've taken him in loads of leagues just because I thought he was going to be the intermediate option, and, and that's what he's turning out to be. But in these leagues where we've got a tight end premium, let me just check the uh, the score that he got for me the uh, the weekend just gone. So he got me. Uh, 30.85 points in a in a tight end premium league. So, yeah, from TJ Hawkinson, 30 points. Nice, incredible, isn't it? I mean, interesting as well, One of the, when we did our full roster analysis, we did mention Josh Oliver as someone that's going to get some work in 12 personnel and quietly got three targets. I mean, he's a very forgotten man, Josh Oliver, but, um, I mean, given the usage they've got on Hawkinson, if he misses any time, Oliver, there's no such thing really as a tight end handcuff, but I do think he could be in line for a lot of work over the course of the season, especially if Hawkinson misses any time. Yeah, they use a lot more two um, two tight end receiver sets, so um, Oliver's on the field quite a lot because he's a really, really good run blocker, so, you know, if that opens up, then he, he's always there as an option as well, isn't he? But um, he's a big lad as well, so yeah, he can be an option if ever Hawkinson's out, I guess. Yeah, or if he gets an earache again or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, <laughs> never, never know, do you? Exactly that. So, um, take us down to Atlanta anyway. Yeah, so um, Green Bay Packers against Atlanta Falcons finished up 25 Falcons, Green Bay 24. Um, I mean, Atlanta, I don't know how they're doing it because they're the most frustrating fantasy side, but they're just grinding out these boring wins with this boring run scheme and it's just killing loads of fantasy options. But... It wasn't quite as bad as week one, was it? No, we got some uh, we got some good work for Drake London finally, um, like one of my buys of the of the preseason. So it was a nice week for me um, as a Drake London owner. I'm not sure I played in, in in many leagues, to be fair. Only the ones where I didn't have many options. But in the ones where I didn't where I did have options, I didn't play him, so I didn't even uh, get the uh, the bonus of these 18 points that he got. So um, nice to see him get the work. We just I just don't know how reliable it's going to be moving forward. Yeah, I really don't either. I mean, Desmond Ridder, the actual box score from a fantasy perspective seems fine. He put up reasonable numbers in like a standard league. He put up like 23-odd points, fine in Superflex leagues, but he's rubbish. Like, he's proper rubbish. Got lucky with a little rushing touchdown. I don't know why they're running Desmond Ridder. They've got Bijan Robinson, but he's abysmal. So um, I think I've seen Taylor Heineke get stashed in a couple of leagues this week, and I'm not that surprised because... uh, I don't think Ridder's the one, is he? It's just so conservative. I mean, maybe that's what they want. They said that maybe Arthur Smith wants to be conservative and not give the ball away and, and sort of grind teams away. But it's just not—it's not serviceable, is it, for the other guys? No, it's not. It just caps everything. I mean, 
they're very run focused anyway, but it just caps the fantasy output. Well, not that they give a shit about fantasy, but it caps the production of loads of these elite weapons. I mean, Drake London was quite lucky this week. He got a bit of work, but I mean, before we speak about Drake London, Kyle Pitts, I mean, Jesus, he, he's just not even startable to be honest at the moment. It's uh, it's probably the dynasty tight end one for most people, but I don't know if you can start him in your roster. I mean, John Smith got more points and more targets this week, which tells you everything, doesn't it? Yeah, and obviously John Smith knows Arthur, Arthur Smith, doesn't he? All the Smiths. Um, I think I mean, he's it's, dead. It, it wouldn't surprise me. wouldn't surprise me at all. But, I mean, Kyle Pitts, he got two, two receptions for 15 yards. That is it. I mean, it's complete waste. I don't know how long they can, they can put up with it. I think given the capital that they've invested in some of these lads, I know that he loves the run scheme, and they, you can't really argue that they're 2-0 at the moment, but... This can't carry on, can it? Surely, given what they've invested in these lads. There will come games when they've literally got to throw more because they're not going to be able to run on everyone. But, um, yeah, I don't know if Ridder's the man to get the ball to those guys. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you're spending that much capital on London and Pitts, then surely use them more. Otherwise, what's the point? But, yeah, I mean, they're winning. They're, they're 2-0 and zero at the moment, so who are we to argue? Yeah, they're lucky that they're in a crap division as well, to be fair. But, uh, I mean, Bijan just looks incredible, doesn't he? You know, he's so efficient with his work. 19 carries, 124 yards, really efficient through the air, adds on another four receptions and 48 yards there. I mean, he's casually just chucking up incredible numbers without even getting the touchdowns that he's capable of. He's, he's so good the way he jukes defenders and just turns on a dime, doesn't he? So fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's stuck up nearly 175 yards there without without breaking a sweat really isn't he yeah i mean he's he's a big guy but the way he just cuts and jukes players i, I just love it he's so fun to watch and yeah he's very frustrating though as a Bijan robinson owner when he could he could put up even better numbers but they're getting rid of to run touchdowns in and run it up the gut 16 times of algier I, I don't know as you said you can't really argue that they're, they're two and out at the moment but yeah it would be nice to see a, a bit more production because he's capable of just being incredible isn't he mccaffrey numbers yeah, definitely. He's definitely got that in him. But um, even when you look at the wide receivers, it's literally just London and Hollins. Nobody else is getting any work. You look at other teams' box scores and you've got maybe three or four receivers with scores in there. But it's literally just London and Hollins for, for wide receiver box scores for the Falcons, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, if you're a wide receiver, you're running, I don't know, 40, 50 routes a game and not even getting a slight look. Eventually, you're just going to get the arse, aren't you? You're going to miss a blocking assignment. It's just not... It's just not a way to manage a roster, as you said. Look at every other box score, and everyone's getting a at least a look, even if it's one or two targets, and they're just doing nothing. It's um, so so boring. I mean, if you're a Falcons fan, are you happy with this though? You're two and zero. I mean, do you care? Yeah, I think their fans are probably really happy, but um, whether they're as happy as they were when they were twenty-eight three up, we don't know. But um, that's never going to be forgotten, is it? Nah, definitely not. Definitely not. We'll take us over to the Packers. <laughs> So Jordan Love, I thought he was fairly impressive um, on the eye, and his box score was fairly decent as well. Um, 14 from 25 for 151, three touchdowns, two carries as well. He showed he had some wheels on some plays. I, I caught a bit of the uh, some of his scrambles, and he was he was fairly good. The running back room, AJ Dillon was really really disappointing. I don't know what's happened to him because a couple of years ago he was he was fairly decent and, and a really good um, sort of cover for for. Um, Aaron Jones, but he's just completely died off and he's not efficient in his work. And they even gave Emmanuel Wilson free carries. I mean, he only got five yards, but 
Patrick Taylor had a carry, but yeah, Dylan was really disappointing. Did you see much of it? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I like Asia Dillon. I actually started him in a couple of deeper leagues where I've just had a few injuries. And I thought, it, it, you know, even if he's not that great, he might put up, I don't know, reasonable scores, but he was useless. And it is a bit of a worry um, because he's, he's a very big back and, you know, he's comp to Derek Henry when he came out and they call him Quadzilla and all this sort of nonsense. But he's just not very good, is he? I don't think. And yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a shame. And as you said, Wilson's a guy that we uh, liked in the preseason. wasn't very efficient on his carries, but he did get a little bit of work in. And yeah, it's um, a massive shame. I think they need Aaron Jones back as soon as possible. Yeah, especially with how explosive uh, Aaron Jones looked in his debut against the Bears. But onto the wide receiver rim. Nice day for me and my uh, one of my preseason guys, uh, Jaden Reed. Yeah, it's incredible, weren't he? A couple of touchdowns. Only got four receptions, but eight targets. That's a lot of work. And still waiting for Christian Watson to come back into the building, but you can't ask for much more from Reed. He just seems to have really hit it off as a bit of a possession guy with um with Jordan Love, doesn't he? They've definitely got some chemistry. Yeah, he's he's shifty as well. He's um his touchdowns were really nice plays and he's he's got some juice to him and He's got good hands. He can play special teams if needed. I mean, a lot of people comped into um, Antonio Brown, which is a bit of a steep comparison. But you can see bits of that in there with with how he plays. And I think it's a positive future for the Packers. You know, everyone talks about their young receiver room, but I like a lot of them, to be honest. Yeah, likewise. When we looked at this in the preseason, we sort of liked it. It's a very young room. They're obviously trying to build something that will last a while around Jordan Love. And we said that a couple of these guys might step up. And so far, they're, they're doing what they're set out to do, really. And they've got the big guy to come back, haven't they, and Christian Watson? Yeah, what did you make of the uh, the other receivers? So it's a bit of a down week for Romeo Dubes, but talk to me about Dontavian Wicks. Yeah, well, I might be talking a little bit more about Dontavian Wicks. Um, I really liked what I saw, to be honest. And when we looked at these deeper guys and DeBose and Heath and stuff, we thought who could maybe step up. And he, he was the one, was he, Wicks out of Virginia? And we thought he could have a an opportunity. I mean, second game in the league and four targets. He's put up 40 yards and a touchdown. I really like what I saw. He's quite shifty, um, contested catches. I, I really liked him. Um, so, yeah, for me, I'm quite interested in Dontavian Wicks. I'm a West Virginia man. Virginia's not too far. So, uh, what, talk to me. What did you think? Yeah, he's a bit of a bog, bit of a bigger-bodied receiver, isn't he? Which is a profile they haven't really got there. So, I think he's going to have a bit of a role moving forward. And, it, and it, Jordan Love's got a bit of faith in him, obviously, as well. So, yeah, it looks to be like he's sticking around, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And I, I think he was a fifth-round pick, possibly. So, he's not sort of a complete sort of roster clogger. He's got a little bit of sort of day-free capital. So, yeah, I really like what I saw. I mean, Dubes is fine, isn't he? Um, I don't think he's ever going to be much more than, than he is. He'll get a few targets and have some production. But, yeah, I think Reed is the, the big riser. Um, but, yeah, there's as I said a few times, Watson to come back. I just don't know how healthy he's going to be. It's a bit worrying. He's missed this early time. It's a hamstring, I think. These things can linger. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on this, um, on this room. Yeah, he suffered a bit last year of injuries, uh, Christian Watson, and can sometimes be a bit fragile, but um, when they get him back, I think he's got the makings of a decent wide receiver room. So onto the tight ends, it was fairly quite weak for Luke Musgrave. Just the uh, the two recep- two receptions from three targets for twenty five yards, nothing special. But um, I still think he's going to be a, a really good player in the league moving forward. And uh, two from two for Joseph Deguara for five yards. He's more of a fullback hybrid, H back really, but. Um, that was it, really. Just a, a small note, really, for me, because I'm a bit of a kicker nerd. I like the kickers and looking at the kickers. 
Anders Carlson is a new guy in Green Bay this year. He's the brother of Daniel Carlson, who's the kicker yeah. for the Raiders. I really, really like uh, Daniel Carlson. I think he's a really, really good kicker, one of the best in the league. And his brother looks to be the same. His brother looks really good. And, and they've got a nice replacement there for, who was it previously? Crosby, was it, in Green Bay? I think it was, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, he looks uh, he looks a really good kicker and um, made all his efforts this week and looks to be following his brother really. But um, yeah, a little quick uh, little uh, nerd note there from me because I quite like the kickers, as you know. You are such a nerd, but I like it. I respect it. <laughs> um, yeah, so go to Buffalo. Take us to Buffalo. Yeah, a bit of a trouncing really for the uh, the Raiders. But um, Josh Allen was a, was kind of back to himself. Thirty one from thirty seven for two hundred seventy four yards, three touchdowns. Um, not so many carries, just a three. Did you see the one when he tried to leapfrog the guy on the on the two yard line? I did yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got to have some lunacy every week, hasn't he? He's got to have something in there. Oh, he's just a maniac, isn't he? I mean, he's yeah, he's obviously excellent, but he's a bit of a maniac. He just likes to throw some sort of madness in every week, but he uh, he, he managed to tone it down for the rest of the game, and yeah, he was fairly decent. But um, on the ground, James Cook, the bulk of the work, 17 carries for 123 yards, and he was really, really shifty and explosive, and looks like they're running back one. The only issue is the goal line carries went to Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, so it looks like Cook is their back between the 20s in, in both, but um, yeah, I mean, Murray and Harris stealing goal line carries is a bit of a problem, isn't it? It is, but I mean, if you look at that box score for James Cook and you look at the box score we've just looked at for Bijan Robinson, they look very, very similar, don't they? In terms of how yeah. efficient they are, I think Bijan had two more carries and put up a similar yardage, and um, I think Bijan got one more reception, but the score's pretty much the same, so I think if he continues to get that volume, the, the touchdowns will come at some point, it's just not going to be on the goal line, and I don't know if I've got that much of a problem with it. What is he, 203 pounds or something? I think he came in the league at 190. He's now just over 200. Do you really want to push him at the goal line? Give that to bloody Murray and and Harris, really. But yeah, I'm really encouraged by James Cook usage because he's been excellent so far this season and no one really seems to care. I mean, he's put up a couple of decent weeks. Yeah, I really like James Cook this season. I mean, you and I were both in on him in pre-season. I managed to pick him up in a couple. But the Tavis Murray and Damian Harris combined didn't have as many carries as, as James Cook. And I think that kind of tells its own story. Those guys are going to have their role at the goal line, aren't they? They are. I was a bit worried that Harris was complete dust when they kept prioritising Murray. But then, obviously, Harris comes in and gets a couple of the short yardage stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're in a pinch, you could probably start one of them and hope for a touchdown, couldn't you, if you really needed to? But... Yeah, it's all about James Cook. I'm really pleased because it was a bit, bit iffy at a certain point last year. I was worried, but looks like he's going to be the guy. Yeah, really good news. So on to the wide receivers. Gabe Davis, 6 from 7 for 92 yards and a touchdown. Stefan Diggs, 7 from 7 for 66 yards. So Gabe Davis was the man this week, up 21.2 points. Stefan Diggs only 13.6. But even, I guess you could call this a Diggs bad week. He's still putting up decent numbers for you, isn't he? Yeah, he didn't quite get it over the uh, for a touchdown. But if you're getting about 14 points in PPR leagues from Diggs when he's had a bad week, that's not, not terrible, is it? The one that did annoy me the most was Khalil Shakir because I finally just cut bait of Shakir and released him in a few leagues and suddenly he puts up a 11-yard touchdown. I was fuming about it, to be honest. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see the touchdown. He was kind of uh, posted up and fell down in the middle, didn't he, and kind of got there. But that was his only reception. So it's whether this is sustainable, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to be picking him up again. I don't think it's, it's not enough work, is it? But uh, 
Yeah, Gabe Davis' usage is surprising, I think, really, because he is what he is. He'll have these spike weeks, and I still don't know if I like him. I don't think you can really rely on him consistently, can you, Gabe Davis? Because next week it'll be a, you know, a 11 reception digs week, and Gabe Davis will get two targets or something. It's just not something you can rely on. Yeah, I mean, I've got him in that multi-flex league that we've got where the uh, the wide receivers can score big points. And I never know which week to play him. I saw that they were playing the Raiders and, and the Raiders secondary is absolutely dreadful. So I thought, oh, I'll play, uh, I'll play Gabe Davis this week. And um, he didn't do too badly for me, actually, in that multi-flex league. Let me just check his, uh, his points he put up. He, he had a really good week. Huh? He put up nearly 35 points for me in that league. So... You just have to try and pick and choose when to play Gabe Davis, don't you? Yeah, that's the problem with him. And a bit of a cliche, but again, he's a bit of a best ball guy. If you know when the weeks are coming, brilliant. But yeah, I'd still be moving off of Gabe Davis if I could. There's just a lot of other options I'd rather roster, but very good week for him. The tight end room was interesting, I thought, because I know that Kincaid is the uh, the dynasty dial and everyone loves him. And he did get six targets. But Dawson Knox got five targets and he pulled one in for a touchdown. So I think it's going to be a bit of a frustrating situation, at least for the early part of the season, between Knox and Kincaid. Because I've got Knox in a tight end league. I can't get anything from anyone. But I think he's got some decent value, to be honest, because he will get some work. Yeah, I think the thing about it is, is when they're in too tight end personal, you know, Knox is a legit like option. Sometimes even when they've got two tight ends on the field one of them is just purely a blocker but Knox is actually a fairly decent receiver so he is going to get some work and he is going to get some receptions so uh, for now I think Kincaid will eventually get more but at the minute if there's two tight ends on there and one of them's open you're gonna throw, you can throw to either of them if they've both got that receiving profile can't you yeah you really can so he's gonna be a bit frustrating if you're a Kincaid owner you might have to wait a while but yeah they're both being fairly productive and you know the Bills are getting it done but I mean, over to the Raiders, they were just rubbish, weren't they? Really, Jimmy is what he is, and the only person who offered any decent value was Devontae Adams. He just seems to still get it done. Goes for 84 yards and a touchdown. Um, not much else at all in the receiver room, was there? Yeah, I mean, look at the fall from uh, from Hunter Renfro from the last couple of years. One reception for 23 yards. Terrible, I mean, isn't I, it? Yeah, I thought he might have a decent week with Jacoby Myers out, because Jacoby went off week one, and... I thought Renfro's in line to sort of maybe play that role, and he was just useless. It's, what was he, the wide receiver 10 or 11 a couple of years ago? He had some really decent value for that one season, and he's just been absolutely abysmal. So, yeah, dreadful. I suppose if you're a Devontae Adams owner, you're going to be fairly pleased because he's just going to get all the work because the rest of the room is just useless. I'll tell you who else was useless. Josh Jacobs. I mean, nine carries for minus two yards. I mean... <laughs> Do you reckon you could put nine carries against the Bills and beat minus two yards? Do you reckon you'd beat that? I think I'd probably do about 87 yards on nine yeah. carries. I, I reckon I'd just take a knee every single time and just end up on a zero because I'm not having it. But uh, yeah, for me, that is not good enough from Josh Jacobs. He did get five receptions for 51 yards, but I've got Jacobs in a, in a redraft league and he's driving me wild, to be honest with you. He just looks really, really rusty, and you can tell he's not kind of had the pre-season, and he's not match fit yet, and not in shape yet, and it kind of shows, but um, there's just nobody else in that running back room, is there? I mean, Amir Abdullah and Zamir White are doing nothing, and apart from Devontae, you know, normally you've got Myers, but nobody else is doing anything. Trey Tucker and Renfro, nothing. Nothing from the tight ends. It was just a really poor week from the Raiders, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I think Jacobs will be fine. He's got he's got the Bears and the Giants in a few weeks' time, so he'll um he'll be back for that, won't he? Because we are crap. What did you say? Sorry, mate. I mean, 
abysmal. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jimmy G, he's just Jimmy G, isn't he? Um, not much else to say about him. Yeah, I mean, just 16 from 24 for 185, one touchdown, two interceptions as well, and they were both really bad. But I don't know, I think more of that was on the Bills' defence. It was just, I think the, the, the Raiders just got steamrolled, really, didn't they? Yeah, that's pretty much it. They're, they're not very good at all. I mean, they need Myers back and, you know, might get a lot of work there. But I just don't know if I'd trust many of the Raiders. If you've got Jacobs, you sort of have to start him, don't you? But it might take a week or two to come back. So let's go down to uh, Cincinnati. So uh, Baltimore Ravens 27, the Cincinnati Bengals 24. So as you, as Sean knows, Ravens are, uh, I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Ravens. They're probably one of my other sides if I had to pick one. But um, this was a nice one for the Ravens um, heading into the uh, Cincinnati jungle and and taking the, uh, the points. But what did you make of this one? Yeah, it was a really good game. Um, really, really enjoyed it, actually. There's a couple of uh, interesting fantasy guys here. I mean, Joe Burrow continues to sort of be a bit frustrating, really, and they've not quite got going, have they? You know, particularly Jamar Chase. Finally got some action from our boy T. Higgins after a complete goose egg week one. I think we were about to book some flights over to Cincinnati, weren't we, to have a word? But, um, suddenly pops up with 12 targets and two touchdowns. So that was really nice for T. Higgins. But obviously Joe Burrow now looks like he might miss... Um, a little bit of time, maybe this week. I know it's a bit of a game time decision, but it's this this calf that he injured in the preseason. He's just not right, is he? No, that's not. It's definitely not right. And um, he was hobbling badly at the end of the game. I think the end of the game comes, and he could have come back in if it was close. But yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, Tim Wiggins, those those two touchdowns come fairly late because I think you messaged me that evening that you wanted to fly to Cincinnati and sort him out. Yeah, I think you know at half time we were sort of on Skyscanner, weren't we, having a look, and then suddenly he puts up two late ones. So, um, yeah, that was... Uh, it salvaged me in a couple of weeks, because, again, if you've got T Higgins, you've got to start him, really, haven't you, just based on what Burrow could be. I mean, firstly, do you think they are going to start Burrow, and do you think they should this week against the Rams? He's the kind of guy that won't want to miss any games, but I just don't think he's doing them any good at the minute, and... Um... <sighs> Can they afford to go 0-3, though? That's the thing. Can they afford to leave Burrow out? I don't know if they can because the division's very, very tough and I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he starts? I think he will. I don't think he should, to be honest with you. I mean, if it was me, obviously I'm not the the head coach there, but that you should have enough to beat the Rams. I know the Rams' offense is flying and the coup is going mental, but they should be able to get out, them on, get out their defense, shouldn't they? And maybe just target Joe Mixon a bit more and just focus on the run game because it, you're not doing Burrow or the team any favours if you trot him out there and he does his calf again and suddenly um, you're in serious bother. The only thing I would say is that they do have probably the best backup quarterback in the league, so it wouldn't be a huge drop-off, would it? What, Jake Browning? Will Greer, come on. Is he at the Bengals now, is he, Will Greer? Oh, of course no. he is. Of course he is. After his uh, week three... <laughs> Demolition when he was at the Cowboys. Um, he was put on an absolute clinic and then signed for the Bengals. So, yeah, if they want to rest Burrow, start Will Greer, I'd, I'd be in favour of that. He'll, you know, he'll get him a win. How much fab you doing on Will Greer? You know, I nearly picked him up in a league earlier just, just for a laugh because I, I had a spare <laughs> space. I might do it later. Um, because <laughs> I'll tell you what, out of the two, I'd start Will Greer. He was excellent in that, in that game against the Cowboys. And obviously, I'm the most biased man in the world. 
He's one of the few players on Sleeper. I'm looking now, ownership, 0% rostered in the entire league. So, um, yeah, not anymore, pal. I'm, getting, I'm signing him up. So just on to, on to Mixon, you mentioned earlier, to me, it looks like he's really lost some explosion. I don't know if you watched the game, but he's gone for 59 yards and 13 carries and four from five for 36 yards. But he doesn't look like the old Joe Mixon to me. I don't know what, what you think of this one. I only called it on red zone and I didn't really see much of it, which I think says quite a lot, to be honest, um, because you don't really see much because he hasn't got many highlight plays anymore, has he? And, I mean, he's 27. This is running back, the running back timeline, isn't it? And maybe he's just a bit washed. And I don't know if they've got Super Bowl aspirations, which they should do. Certainly not if they go over and free, but maybe they might need to do something with that running back room because it's not good enough at the moment. I mean, look behind him. They've got Chase Brown, who they don't want to use just yet. Travion Williams is their backup running back. It's just not really good enough, is it? No, it's definitely not. And, um, yeah, there seems to be quite a few issues at, at, the, at the Bengals. And I know people expect them to get it right, and they probably will. But there's a few things going wrong for them in a minute, and they need to uh, they need to start sorting out as soon as. I mean, Jamar Chase, I think I said in the NFL group earlier, he's due a big game soon, isn't he? He's due, he's due an explosion, but that's going to kind of rely on Burrow. I mean... He's gone five for eight from 31 yards and only scored 8.10 points, 8.10 points. So, very unlike Chase, isn't it? You normally have a, an explosion game by now, don't you? Yeah, you do. And actually, after the bye, they've got a couple of tough games as well. So, they've got a week seven bye. And you look at the Bengals, they're going to San Francisco. Then they're playing Buffalo. And they're playing Houston. I mean, the Texans, they've got some decent players on defence. And I don't know, it doesn't really seem to get very easy for them. So, I don't know. If they go 0-3, they could be in serious trouble this year. Yeah, staying on the wide receivers, just a quick word for uh, one of our boys from pre-season, Charlie Football-Jones. Did you see the uh, the punt return? I did, yeah. He was excellent. He really, really was, you know, surprising. So, yeah, one of our boys, weren't he? Yoshivas hasn't yet got going, but, yeah, interesting to see uh, Charlie Jones on the return there. Uh, not much from Irv Smith in a tight end room, so two from four for ten yards, but I don't think anyone really got it going on the Bengals, except T. Higgins, who they kind of threw it up to near the end, and, and you know, he's a big target, and, you know, it was just someone to for Burrow to throw, to throw uh, deep to, wasn't it? But um, moving on to the uh, Ravens, so really good game from Lamar, 24 from 33 for 237 yards and two touchdowns, 12 carries for 54 yards. Now, there wasn't a lot of design runs in, in their scheme this week, really, the Ravens, and there hasn't been the first two weeks. His runs have come from scrambles where sort of the plays broke down and then he's sort of made some runs. But he's looked really good with his passing and he's looked really good in the pocket and he's just... He looked really good this week against the Bengals. He had some sloppy moments week one, but week two he was he looked really good, um, Lamar Jackson. Did you see it? I did, yeah. He really did look excellent. I agree with you. He, was, he wasn't, you know designed runs it was just when there's no other option it shows that passing is definitely the first read now and that's the big um big change we've seen so you'll see that in the scores from some of the wide receivers i mean one bloke i couldn't, I couldn't believe Aguilar in 2023 he's putting up you know the points that he did 63 yards on five receptions and a touchdown but um here we are it's uh, the the new ravens i suppose yeah, so Nelson Aguilar has put up those points and scored the touchdown, and, and today's obviously waivers day, and still nobody's picking him up. They obviously know it's a bit of a fluke. And that's with Beckham also leaving the game with an injury. He might, um, you know, might miss a little bit of time, and still no one cares, do they? No one's going to roster Aguilar. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, a weird box score for the receivers, wasn't it, the weekend? You've got Aguilar on top there, obviously. 
Um, four from five for 62 yards and one carry for six yards for Save Flowers and Beckham obviously three from four for 29. A guy that's kind of fallen off a little bit and is kind of taking a back seat at the minute is Rashad Bateman, three from three for 18 yards. He just doesn't seem to be doing much at the minute, does he? He doesn't, and I've got him in quite a few, and you just you can't move him for anything, and no one's paying a second. I'd take a second in an instant, I think, for Bateman, because I don't know how much of this is down to the injury. at the off-season surgery, didn't he? I think he had some sort of screw in his foot, um, but he just can't get it going, and he never really has, has he? He's shown some flashes over the course of his career, but he's just never stayed healthy. Uh, very frustrating uh, player to, to own, really. So the running back room, um, Gus Edwards and uh, Justice Hill. So Justice Hill had more carries by one. Um, he went for 41 yards. Gus went for 62 yards with a touchdown. But Justice Hill, three from three receptions for 12 yards. I think they're both going to have a part in this offense, aren't they? And I think you'll be okay owning either one of them and having to play one in a spot start. You should be okay because I think both of them are going to get work, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I think if I was to pick, I would pick Justice Hill just because he gets the receiving work. And suddenly, if you're in a PPR leg, he gets those three catches for a few yards and it just boosts the score, doesn't it? And Edwards won't always get the uh, the goal line stuff. But they're working out a couple of guys today, aren't they? I think it was Kenyon Drake, uh, um, Ronald Jones and one other. I can't remember who it was. James, James Robinson. James Robinson. Of course it was. I mean, you I, surprised I even needed to ask you that They're, they all stink of Ravens I think I said earlier that Jones stinks of Ravens as well and but I don't think any of those if they do arrive really muddies it too much I think it probably is Justice Justice Hill and Gus Edwards isn't it and yeah I wouldn't be overly concerned about any of those Melvin Gordon promoted from the uh the practice squad and straight back down to the practice squad after so I added Gordon I think in two just a just on the off chance but he's clearly completely done isn't he they've got no interest in using him at all yeah, I think it's Edwards and Justice Hill, maybe Keaton Mitchell when he's back because he's actually on the roster. So, yeah, I think those other guys are just going to be practice squad and, and, and backups. So I, I think going ahead, it will be the Edwards and Hill show, won't it? But just moving on to the the tight end room, a lot of people worry maybe the scheme has kind of eliminated the tight end because I think the week before when Andrews was at I like they only got one reception and there was worry maybe the tight end's not important in this scheme now for uh, Todd Munkin, but I think uh, Mark Andrews quickly dispelled all of that. He's, uh, he's Lamar's guy, isn't he? Five receptions from eight targets, 45 yards and a touchdown. Just a classic Mark Andrews game, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, I've got him in a couple. You've got him in a couple. I, I put him straight back in my lineup. No worries at all. Um, at all. So, yeah, really, really quite pleased with him. I mean, just before we uh, finish up on the, the Ravens, though, just a quick word on Zay Flowers, because... The box score doesn't show everything this week. He he is excellent. I mean, the way he gets open, the way he flashes, he plays a lot bigger than he is. And obviously, we loved him in the pre-draft process. We say it pretty much every week. He was my wide receiver too, and I think he might have been yours as well. But I stupidly dropped him because of his landing spot. He is excellent. I do like him a lot. But I do wonder if people are going a bit mad with their praise on Zay Flowers. I mean, we have to think week one, he went crazy. There was no Mark Andrews. Beckham's about to miss some time. Bateman's not healthy. They've lost J.K. Dobbins. I just don't know how sustainable it is every week. I mean, obviously, Dynasty is a long-term play, but uh, have you got any concerns long-term? Is this getting a bit too overhyped for Zay Flowers, or are you quite happy with it? No, I think he's going to be okay um, in the long run. He might have a few quiet weeks coming up, but... He's electric when he's on the field, isn't he? And they're not afraid to scheme for him. I mean, the amount of volume that he got week one, whether that was down to Andrews missing or not, but 
they're happy to give him that volume early and that kind of speaks of how much they trust him and you know that trust is everything as well isn't it yeah exactly i mean i'm probably just bitter that i don't own him anywhere after touting him all off season but um yeah just keep an eye on it i do think the value is getting to the point that again every player becomes sellable don't they if their value gets to a certain point if you can get a silly return you have to explore these things because people absolutely love him at the moment yeah, the hype is out of control at the minute, but there may be a little bit justified. I think you are just a little bit bitter that you don't have him anywhere, aren't you? Yeah, no comment, no comment. I'll take us over to Detroit, <laughs> to 8 Mile City. Um, so, Seahawks 37, the Lions 31 after overtime. Um, I mean, this was the, uh, I'll say, the, the, the Geno Smith comeback game, but um, he, he was back to the old Geno of last year, wasn't he? He was really, really good and put up 328 yards for a couple of touchdowns, even got a couple of carries in. Um our boy Ken Walker in the running room, Kenneth Walker, just prove what we've said all off season. People were worried about Charbonnet, but it's clearly still the Kenneth Walker show, isn't it? He was really, really good. Put up a couple of touchdowns to boot as well. Yeah, I think we were saying um, before the season started to still go out and get Kenneth Walker. I think I took him in that draft that we did fairly close to the start of the season. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine taking him. He's still the our running back one there for me. Still the guy there for me. No issues with Kenneth Walker at all. I don't think... Charbonnet looks that great, and I dealt him away this week. I'm not really that bothered about him, but yeah, just going back to what you said, uh, Geno Smith was excellent. I don't know who this Geno guy is, but yeah, he was back to himself and some really, really when he when he completes some of those throws, some of those are really, really nice, aren't they? He's excellent. I mean, I started him over over Dak this week in a league just to like the matchup more, and you know, I was quite pleased to do that. So. Yeah, he's really good, and he's he's spreading it out as well. The thing I really like about it is you can pretty much start any of the Seahawks and and take a bit of a punt. I know we've I've been panning Noah Fant in the uh, in the DMs over the last week, and he's really starting to wind me up. But he worked the tight end room a lot. I mean, all the tight ends got a bit of work. Fant went four from four for fifty six, and Disley utter bum three from three for thirty five, and then Parkinson also got three targets. So he's definitely spreading the ball about. I think you're quite pleased. Um, if you own any of these guys in the passing game, you're quite happy, aren't you? So that's 10 targets across three tight ends, isn't it? Almost yeah. Patriots-esque. I mean, it's mad, really. And he wasn't shy in the wide receiver either. They all got a lot of work. So he's definitely airing it out a lot, which um, I suppose is quite fun and obviously got the, got the job done. The one player I'm not even worried about, really, but Smith and Jigba, we all love. He's going to be absolutely fine for Dynasty, but he's very clearly the third option in that wide receiver. I mean, he's just not getting much in terms of the depth of target either. He's getting a lot of very short, almost dump-off screen passes. He's not really getting worked yet. I mean, I'm not concerned, are you? No, I'm not concerned. I think he's going to be fine long-term. The running back, uh, the, the wide receiver one from the class and... Yeah, I think he's only going to get better. I think he's done well in the work that he's had. Like you say, there's a little bit of worry about the depth of target. I think that'll come. But um, after the catch, he's really good as well. I just just think he's going to get better and better. I think Lockett will probably go next year, won't he? So looks to be Metcalf and Smith and Jigba for next year. I think he can do some work outside as well. There's a lot of debate whether he can. But yeah, I'm, I'm fine with him. Yeah, I'm the same, really. As you said, Lockett's 30-31. Really, really good game from him, really. I don't own Lockett anywhere because I don't really like these older guys. But if you're looking for a sort of a win-now receiver, eight receptions for 59 yards, a couple of touchdowns, he's just uh, very, very productive. And Metcalf's just Metcalf. He does pretty much what he needs to every week, doesn't he? He's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think people always say that Lockett's vastly underrated, and he probably is because he's done the same thing for four or five years now. He, he doesn't really get rated, and he just puts up 
points every year. You do get the odd game of zero and, or one and three points, and you do get those. But on the whole, he's been a really good receiver, hasn't he? Yeah, he really has. He's um, he, he's absolutely fine. I just I don't own him anywhere because I don't want to just. I think as and when he moves, he, he could be worthless. But yeah, good on him. He's he's absolutely fine. But I mean, the Lions. This was um. A weird game for the Lions. I think Jared Goff was excellent, and there's a big discussion at the moment about his contract and should he get paid and how much. But he's just a very, very good quarterback, isn't he? And he didn't quite get the record. He did throw his interception, didn't he, and, and messed it up. Yeah, I think Big David Gray nailed it with his comments on Goff, saying that he's kind of in, in that Kirk Cousins tier. And that's probably where he is. When everything is good around him, he can produce, but... I don't think he can do much on his own or create much himself. So he's got a great offensive coordinator there in Ben Johnson. He's got good weapons. He's got a good line. And I think that's when he shows up. But take a few of those away, and I think he may struggle. So, yeah, he's good when everything else is good. I- I'd wonder what he's like when he when he's, not everything's so great. But um, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's absolutely fine. And, you know, he's been excellent since he went to Detroit. I think people forget he was a number one overall pick, wasn't he? And he was absolutely fine in L.A. for a couple of years before dropping off a bit. And I think because Stafford did so well when he got to L.A., people forget that actually Goff was generally really good there as well. It was a season that he wasn't very good for. So, yeah, I quite like him. If I'm if I'm the Lions, I probably would see if I can get a reasonable deal done with him. He's not going to set a new record, is he? But I don't think they're going to bring in sort of Hooker as the starter for next season. I know we thought that could be a possibility, but... That's a massive drop-off, isn't it, from what Goff's doing for you? I will say he's not my favourite Goff. Mrs. Goff is, is my favourite. Yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. don't know what his, um, his house is like, though, in Detroit. I can't imagine it's the same as that one in in Los Angeles where, where she's looking over the golf course. Not the same when you're uh, with B-Rabbit down 8 Mile, but, um, yeah, quite decent. But the running back room here, uh, David Montgomery, been a surprise sort of, productivity first week and worrying about eating into Gibbs uh, workload but then Montgomery hobbles off and he could miss a bit of time and they're talking that he's day to day but I don't know I've seen various different reports on this but Gibbs's usage didn't spike as I thought it would got a load of targets he did get nine targets which is excellent but seven carries with 17 yards he's just not quite cracked it yet Gibbs has he I think he's going to be fine moving forward. I just don't think they want to be throwing him into the hits and and sort of the the hits and the smashes that he's going to get as a running back, like every down running back. I just don't think they want that for him. I think they want to use him as like a chess piece and move him around and get him targets and things like that. I don't think they want him getting the hard yards and getting smashed. So ideally, I think they want to grind a wolf Gibbs, but um, I think Gibbs's role will always be fine. It just may not be all that you want from a guy that you've probably paid up on or you took high. I just don't, I don't know if that's ever going to be there. And they obviously took Montgomery for a reason. I think they're going to bring in Craig, not Craig, Craig Reynolds, obviously going to come in and another guy we may talk about later may come in as well. But yeah, I just don't think they want Jordan, uh, Jameer Gibbs doing the hard yards really. What about you? Yeah, I think the same. And actually, I, I was worried about this at the start of the season. I, I have Gibbs in quite a few because he, he seemed to fall where I had some picks. And I was just a bit worried about how much exposure I had to him. I moved Gibbs for James in a couple of leagues, actually. I've got James Cook um, a first. And uh, I can't remember who else I've got now. The wide receiver currently banned uh, for the Lions. 
Jameson Williams. Yeah, just went blank there. So I got James Cook, Jameson Williams in a first for Jameer Gibbs. And at the time, I think people questioned it. But actually, I've been really pleased at what James Cook's given me. And I think he's going to have to wait a little bit. Because as you said, he's 200 pounds. They don't want to just throw him into 25 carries a game because it's just not worth it, is it? Definitely not. So onto the wide receiver room. So uh, our boy, we've hyped him up a little bit. I've said before, he's one of my guilty pleasures. I've always kind of liked him. I'm always saying to you that I like him. Josh Reynolds, five from six, 66 yards, two touchdowns, 23 points. And Andy from our NFL group started him on our advice last week. So that's a nice little hit for us, isn't it? Yeah, you can't say more than that. And Josh Reynolds, I like picking him up. I started him in the league and he, he won the game for me. And I don't know if you look at him on Sleeper, he's got the most happy face as well. And, and, and that matters a lot because <laughs> I tell you what, when I open Sleeper and I see Kadaris Tony's boat looking at me, with his stupid hat on. I, I can't deal with it. So, yeah, it's a pleasure to look at Josh Reynolds with his nice little flowing locks and his smile. So, excellent uh, tout from last week, wasn't he? He's been fine to own for, like, the last two years because Jared Goff really likes him from their days in L.A. they got a connection there, and he gets a lot of work because Jameson Williams obviously out at the moment, but he's just really, really reliable. I mean, he's gone five from six there. You know, he's two touchdowns. You, you can't really argue with a work, and he gets quite a lot, doesn't he? And... I played him in about four or five last week just because, you know, yeah, like I said, he's one of my guilty pleasures. But, yeah, he was he's fine, and people are picking him up this week. I think he's going to be a good play, even possibly when Jameson Williams is back, to be honest. Yeah, because Jameson Williams, just uh, I've got him in a few because, you know, you can't really get rid of him now. But all the reports from camp is that Jameson Williams just isn't on the same page as Goff. They had a few arguments in, in camp, and he put a few stupid things on his Instagram, and he, he just seems like a bit of a knob, to be honest. So... I mean, who's going to get the work? Reynolds, who the quarterback loves, or, or the, the guy that's done not a single thing in the league. So, yeah, I don't think it's um, just for the next few games. I think he could just be a useful player for this season. Um, but Khalif Raymond, he, he's similar to Josh Reynolds, just not quite as good. But he, he comes up with a bit of work every now and again. He did it again this week. Uh, went for, you know, only two receptions for 46 yards, but he pulls in a touchdown. He's just another one of these players with no value at all, but occasionally just pops up. Yeah, I think he's their current deep threat. I mean, his role might sort of disappear when Jamison Williams is back. But as you say, he's very reliable. Khalif Raymond can do some gadget plays as well. He got a carry for 11 yards. So just a really reliable piece for them and, uh, until Williamson is back, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Amar Saint, um, Amon Ra St. Brown didn't do very much in terms of numbers, but he goes for 102 yards. I mean, six receptions, 102 yards, didn't get the touchdown. I do wonder if he's carrying like a little bit of a niggle. He doesn't look right, does he? And he's questionable again this week with a sore toe. I don't know what he's done. Um, but he hasn't quite got it going. But even with that, he's still putting up really good fantasy numbers. He's just a plug and play every single week, no matter what. Yeah, I've got no worries about him. I think it's very, very similar to Stefan Diggs. This is a down week for Amon Rasen Brown. He's still putting up 13.2 points. No worries whatsoever. He's a... The volume king there usually. I think he come off towards uh, the end of the game last week because he had cramps as well. He had really bad calf cramps. And I mean, that's pathetic. If you've been affected by those, yeah, <laughs> you're going to see him now, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, that is abysmal. Um, yeah, it'll be on the block everywhere for me. I'm not having that. <laughs> no, but if you've ever had the uh, the calf cramps, they are severe and um, they probably obviously get them worse than what we did playing our little piss-out football on Sundays. But, yeah, I've got no worries about Aaron Ross and Brown. Um, great lad. Great pro. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in on him this year. But um, the tight end room, nice day for Sam Laporta. Sammy Ballgame, as they call him. But 
five from six for 63 yards. I do think his role is going to improve week on week and he, his box score is going up week by week. I mean, it's only been two weeks, but he's improved on it from week one and I just see more ahead for him. What did you make of it? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, we've got um, quite a big tight end Premier League and I rebuilt last year and suddenly I find myself 2-0 and and looking to compete and I'm starting Laporta both weeks. He's my tight end one and I'm, I'm really pleased. He's just... Not shooting the lights out, but you don't need to, do you? He's just putting up really consistent, solid uh, solid work in only his second game as a rookie. So yeah, I know you're a huge fan throughout the process and he's just been very, very dependable and it's going to get going to get even better. I don't think Jameson Williams coming back takes anything away from Laporte. I don't know how much work he's even going to get. It doesn't. I don't think he needs volume, does he, Williams? So um, yeah, for me, Laporte, arrows up. Yeah, for sure. So let's uh, let's head to Houston. So uh, Houston Texans, Indianapolis thirty-one, Houston Texans twenty. So um, a nice sort of get-right game for the Colts. But um, just going down the Texans, it was a nice game for C.J. Stroud. I thought he looked really good and looked promising. You know, there's the the fumble in there, and you know that that all goes against his box score. But he looked really uh, from the eye. He looked really good. Thirty from forty-seven for three hundred eighty-four yards, two touchdowns. Showed some scrambling ability on some plays as well, and I thought it was a really nice outing for CJ Stroud. What did you make of it? Yeah, likewise, he was really, really good. I mean, it's only his second game, and he's got some decent weapons there and decent line, um, nice defense as well, better than people expected. So, yeah, I really, really like what I saw from CJ Stroud. I don't think his value is, is going to move that much in sort of fantasy, but um, yeah, really nice outing. The one that really disappointed me from the Texans, and he's a guy that I actually really like, and I think he will be fine. But Damian Pierce has been really poor, really inefficient on the ground. He's just not getting it done at all. I've started him the last two weeks in a couple of leagues, and it's um very frustrating journey. Have you got much Pierce? I got rid of all my Pierce last year. I, I think I think he'll be fine long-term. They've got a couple out on the O-line at the minute. I think yeah. that's playing a part, and yeah. they're obviously behind in games and he's struggling with that because they're just throwing when they're behind but once they get those O-line guys back and settle down a bit I think Pierce will be fine Yeah, I certainly hope so um, I've got him in a few it might even just open a bit of a buy window because his value's never really been that high and he was excellent last season I really like his run style he's so aggressive and strong that uh, there's definitely better days ahead from Pierce I might even go out and uh, put a few offers in yeah, so on to the uh, wide receiver room, and this is uh, this is a lovely one for you and I. We've been big fans for well since his rookie season, really, haven't we? But let's let's talk about him. Talk to me. Our boy Nico Collins finally finally looks like he's got a quarterback, doesn't he? He's needed it for a while. Um, he's just come developed into an alpha, isn't he? Nine targets, seven receptions, gone for 146 yards and a touchdown. He was just incredible. Um, second week on the trot, he's had a good out in. So. Yeah, he's finally cracked it, I think, Collins, and I'll be starting him everywhere, I think, going forward. But, I mean, how pleased were you? Yeah, really happy because, I mean, in our Essex League, he was projected, I think, eight points, and I really liked the, the matchup, and I really liked, obviously, him, and I, I picked him, and he smashed it with 27 points. Helped me win my matchup in our Essex League. I think I played him in um, the Multiflex as well, where, obviously, we get the, the silly points for the wide receivers, and he scored big there as well, so... Yeah, I'm a big fan of Nico Collins. We've kind of been waiting for this for a little while, but he's not had the quarterback. But yeah, he, he looks like um, Stroud's favourite ex, doesn't he? He really does. I mean, the rest of the receiver weren't too far behind, were they, to be honest? I mean, Tank Dell got 10 targets and went for 72 yards and a touchdown. 
even Bobby Bobby Trees, Robert Woods has been really, really consistent this season. He's had loads of work and I just think they're going to be behind in games and Stroud is very accurate once the O-line, sort of the injuries come back. They're just going to be throwing it about. They're going to need to and they're all going to get some work. John Metchie didn't do anything, but I just don't think he's he's healthy. They're easing him back in, aren't they? But he could get some work down the stretch as well. Yeah, they showed the uh, the Metchie reception on red zone just as a nice moment, obviously, for his first catch in the NFL coming from his illness. So that was a nice moment. Yeah, he's a player that you want to see do well. And I, I think, you know, the one target, one reception, I don't think it even matters, does it, at this stage. It's good to get him back on the field and... I still like him. I think he could carve out a role because Woods has been fine, but I don't know what contract Woods is on. I can't recall if he's, uh, he's there next season, but it just makes sense to get Mechie more involved and sort of focus on these young pass catchers. So, um, But Tank Dell, I mean, a couple of leagues last week, I wanted to poach him. I just didn't have the, uh, the picks in the right year, but he's just going to be a problem in this league, isn't he, I think? He just gets open, and when you're getting open, and and you're obviously a favourite of the quarterback, he apparently requested they draft him, so he's going to have a role there, and he's going to be good. He gets open, so yeah, I'm I'm fine with Tank Dell. I'd, I'd look to be playing him probably if you if you've got you know a chance to play him, and you've not got many options. I think he's going to be fine if you can pick him, isn't he? He is. Yeah, I mean, slightly um more disappointing was the tight end room, Dalton Schultz. I mean, he didn't really cost you very much if you have drafted him. Didn't really do much. He got um, four receptions, but he did get seven targets. Only went for 34 yards. I mean, I think he's going to have some usable weeks, and I'm, I'm not overly worried. I don't have him anywhere, um, but I'm not overly worried about him. He'll be fine. Yeah, I don't have him anywhere. I'm not, I'm not really got much interest in uh, Schultz. I just I don't rate him as a player, but I did expect more from him because I thought he might sort of turn into a safety blanket. That it, that, that seems to have gone to Robert Woods. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't have much interest in uh, Dalton Schultz going forward yeah I suppose it's just hard to when you're a tight end and the wide receiver and we're getting 30 targets between them it's um there's not much to go around is there really when you're funneling it through to a couple of guys in the wide receiver room yeah exactly but I mean over to the uh the Colts really and this was sort of uh I say the, the Anthony Richardson breakout he was really good last week but he came out absolutely flying didn't he and punched a couple in and he was excellent he, you played him against me and by about the second quarter you'd beat me I think it was um a bit of a nightmare but uh, I mean, he then goes off with uh, a bit of an injury. So he sort of stumbled in the end zone, didn't he, and fell over and whacked his head off the turf. And they're saying it's concussion. But I think he's going to miss this week, isn't he, from everything I've read. But but who knows? He's still in the concussion protocol. This is a bit of a worry for me, not the concussion itself, but he's running so much. He's just going to expose himself to so many hits. And he's going to get these things where he smashes head and... I don't know. His style does concern me, even though it's very, very fun to watch. But you played him and used him to beat me, so talk to me. Yeah, so two games, two weeks, and he's left both games injured, which is, for me, a huge worry. But, yeah, I mean, we had that redraft game in our home league, and um, when he scored those two running touchdowns so early, I was thinking, wow, he's going to be putting up some big points. And then... He ends up leaving the game and I was thinking, oh no, has he done enough for me to win? But, you know, the other lads seem to put it in and yours were a load of rubbish at the end, weren't they? But um, Minshew come in, 19 from 23. He was actually fairly good when he come in. He's got a bad backup. I'm not a fan personally, but he was fine. He went for 171 yards, a touchdown. And yeah, he was fairly safe with the ball and kept them rolling, didn't he? But um, the running back room, Zach Moss, he got 100% of the Colts' work at running back. He got 18 I mean, carries for 88 yards, 
a touchdown, four from four receptions for 19 yards. No other running back did any work for the Colts that week. How shit must Jake Funk be? Genuinely, I mean that is madness. I've never seen, I've never seen like get a hundred percent of the carries. And Dion Jackson has always been fine. I mean, how shit must he be as well? That Zach Moss comes in. I think he broke his arm a few weeks back, and he comes in and gets that workload. It's absolutely madness for me. But Jesus, I mean, do, do you the have thing Zach is, Moss anyway? The thing is, I don't even rate Zach Moss. But if you're getting a hundred percent of the running back work. I picked him up off waivers in our actor and writer league just before this game, actually. And I was like, wow, he's got 100% of the work. It's not. It's really unheard of these days, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I tried to pick him up off waivers. He's got a really deep, it's a 16-team multi-flex league. and It's five-flex league, sorry. So you, basically anyone that has a pulse is rostered. And he was on waivers and I, I, tried, I got outbid and I was gutted. But um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to have one more week and, well, one or two more weeks. Don't know what's going to go on with Jonathan Taylor, but if you've got him, I suppose you can start him, can't you, the next next couple of weeks? Well, it's clear they trust him to give him like 100% of the work and not even use the other guys. So, yeah, if you've got Zach Moss and, and you need a running back, then play him because he's, he's getting a ton of volume. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the rest of the running back room did obviously zero um, with that. Uh, the wide receiver room, I mean, Michael Pittman, it's a guy that I picked up just before the start of the season in a couple of leagues. And, Again, he's just just an alpha, isn't he? Just uh, the box score wasn't amazing, but he just get does enough. So, twelve targets, eight receptions, fifty six yards. I mean, getting twelve targets that's very very encouraging. If he goes for an, a touchdown on one of those, suddenly you're talking about you know an eighteen point week, and he barely seemed to get out of uh, out of second gear. So yeah, I really like what I saw from Pittman. Yeah, I've, I really like Pittman. I was in on him before the season for the reasons we spoke about last week. He's, he's a big target and Richardson can sometimes be errant with his throws and, and you want nothing more than a big target like Michael Pittman. But just moving on, Josh Downs, four from five for 37. The yards ain't there yet, but the, the volume's getting there with Josh Downs and he's, he's obviously got more volume than Alec Pierce this week. I just think Josh, Josh Downs' work is going to continue to grow and I think he's going to be a really useful option for the Colts. Alec Pierce, two from two for 28. I'm not really in on Pierce, so not much to talk about there. But Isaiah McKenzie, one from one for seven. But what do you make of the other wide receiver performances? Yeah, I mean, Josh Downs is interesting. Cause as you said, he's getting the volume. The yards will come, but it's tough. I suppose he's working the slot and getting that sort of short yardage stuff. And yeah, I mean, it will come, won't it? We both really like Josh Downs and he's quietly just uh, stock up at the moment. I really like it. And Pierce, I quite like Pierce, but he's just not quite getting it done and I don't know if the quarterback situation helps him. Obviously, Richardson, as you said, he's left both games the last two weeks and Minshew's come in. It's hard to get any sort of chemistry with the quarterback. And I don't know. If you've got Pittman, just start him everywhere. And that's pretty much it for now. But, I mean, the tight end room, obviously, they're missing their main guy. But Kylan Granson um, finally caught his first NFL touchdown. He got four four targets. He pulls one in for a touchdown. Did you see this Instagram post where he was posing with the ball and pretending it was his firstborn kid and all this sort of nonsense? I mean, abysmal. Yeah, I mean, I don't own him anywhere, but if I did, I'd, I'd have immediately just cut him after that. It was pathetic. I think even the Colts tagged him in the phone and was like, bro, come on. I mean, yeah, he'd never play another snap for me. Pathetic. Um, <laughs> but that's that. And uh, yeah, just the final thing on Richardson, I, I do... Really like him, obviously. I, I just worry about this style and it doesn't look good, does it? And you're starting your career off second game and you're out with concussion because you're running about like a maniac. 
as much as it's fun, it's just not sustainable. And I don't know if you can get a King's ransom for him, which I think you probably could, you've, you've got to explore it. I mean, I've got him in a couple. I'm putting the feelers out there and, and seeing what I can do. I mean, I, I potentially be interested in Stroud plus if you can do it. Um, because I just don't know how sustainable that is if he's going to keep getting smacked on the head every week. Yeah, I mean, I only had one share of him, and I sold him for um, Kyler Murray, a second, Zay Flowers, and um, Tank Bigsby, and I gave up Antonio Gibson and, obviously, Anthony Richardson. So I was just happy. I didn't need to play Richardson either, so it was just a nice deal for me to get some capital on players that I liked. That's because you're a crook. I mean, that's an absolute robbery again. Um, sorry, mate. Um, on to uh, on to Jacksonville. Uh, the Chiefs seventeen, Jacksonville Jaguars nine. Uh, for me, I, I think Trevor Lawrence was dreadful. Um, I really like Trevor Lawrence. I've got him in loads, but I think uh, Dave Gray said a few times this week these are the games that you really want Trevor Lawrence to step up. And the Chiefs were there for the taking, and he, he just couldn't get it done. He's just not quite clicking, and I don't know. He, he went. 41 attempts, completed 22 of them for 216 yards, but just was fairly poor. I thought it was really, really frustrating as a as a fantasy owner. But I suppose the rest of the wide receiver room, they bit of a switch this week, and Kirk, after throwing up nothing last week, suddenly gets 14 targets and 110 yards. So, I don't know, weird game for the Jaguars, wasn't it? Yeah, Lawrence was um, really disturbing for me. I mean, less... well. Just over half of his of his completions, really, from from what he's throwing out, and yeah, I mean, some of them he was overthrowing in the end zone and overthrowing out of the back of the end zone, and he was just really poor, wasn't he? I did, I expected more of a leap from him, obviously in his third year, but yeah, I mean, long term he's going to be fine. But this was like, as Doug said, you you kind of want to see more from him in games like this when they need him against the Chiefs, and he was really really poor, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, and it just kills a lot of it. I mean, I started Ridley in a few leagues, and he got a lot of targets, really. He got eight targets. He only pulled in two of them. Lawrence was just a bit erratic, and it's just not what we were expecting from him. So, yeah, nice to see Christian Kirk get a load more work, because I was a bit worried last week, and I think we said we'd be interested in acquiring him. But the problem is with these sort of things, you need to move so quickly, don't you? And you just haven't got time to put offers out for everyone every week, and he was always going to bounce back, and I think it's really nice to see. On the flip side, I actually started Zay Jones somewhere, and uh, six targets, zero receptions. I mean, what is going on this season? There's so many wide receivers that get loads of targets and just do absolutely nothing with them. I don't know what's happening in the league. Yeah, strange one. I mean, wherever I've had Kirk this week, I started him because just because I thought it'd be a shootout against the Chiefs. So, yeah, I ruled in them uh, them Kirk points this week. I wasn't put off by week one. I just thought it was one of those things. So. Quite nice for me with Kirk Ben Allen. I don't, I don't own any Ridley, so I, I put all the Kirk in and got those points. So as bad as Trev was, I was happy Kirk got the points. But even the running backs, they were kind of killed by the poor performance. I mean, just 12 carries for Travis Etienne for 40 yards. Two from three receptions, only two yards. They kind of just ended up airing the ball out, didn't they? And mostly to Kirk. And yeah, it just didn't go very well for the uh, Jaguars game plan. No worries about Etienne moving forward for me. I think he's going to be a running back one, but um, just a disappointing game all round for the uh, the Jaguars. Evan Engram in the tight end room, six for eight for fifty-seven yards. But other than him and Kirk, they didn't really get anything going, did they? No, no, it was rubbish. And you know, as you said, we've got to see a step up from Lawrence. He's got Houston next, and yeah, he's got to put a performance in because that is not acceptable. I'll be writing a very strongly worded tweet if it carries on. 
Um, yeah, um, um, nothing, nothing better than sending tweets to uh, players and uh, getting a buy out of them, is there? I used to love doing it, didn't we? After after uh, the Sunday night games, tag about eight players and tell them they're banned from Braintree Freeport for the rest of their lives. <laughs> and uh, you know, surprisingly, they'll take a step up next week. Uh, you know, but um, the Chiefs, I mean. They weren't very special either, to be fair, but they got the job done and Mahomes went 29 out of 41 through 305 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And one finally went to our boy, Sky Moore. We were obviously very worried after week one and he was useless and three receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. He was actually fine, um, Sky Moore. So, um, I mean, that was encouraging, but I don't know. The usage was a bit strange. I just don't know if you can trust much in the wide receiver room here because they aired it out a little bit and... Kadaris Tony suddenly got five receptions and Justin Watson's getting five targets. I, I I don't know. It's a hard wide receiver to trust, I think. Yeah, they're just spreading it out a lot, aren't they? I mean, one, two, three, four, five, nearly six receivers used, which is weird. But, yeah, I don't really like it. I, I like to see it sort of funneled through maybe two. And, and then, obviously, you've got the tight end at Kelsey. But, yeah, they're just spreading it about a bit, aren't they? And obviously using different receivers on different packages. But, um they just remind me of like the Patriots' glory days where they don't even have to be good to win because they've got a really, really good quarterback who'll just get it done with a couple of these guys. And that's just what the Chiefs look like. I mean, they're not really informed, but they just get the job done, don't they? Because they've got obviously an elite quarterback who, who's got his guys. He got Kelsey back this week. Four from nine for Kelsey, 26 yards and a touchdown. He didn't look very fit, but he got the touchdown when needed and caught the ball when needed. And that was just what they needed this week, wasn't it? Yeah, completely agree. And I mean, the running back room, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I've been a, a long-time fan and I know you have and I haven't quite cut him anywhere. It's close for me, mate. I mean, he's just, you cannot use him at all. I think even if Pacheco or McKinnon were to miss time, they're not going to trust Edwards. He's just a complete waste of space now, unfortunately. Yeah, I think the dream is over. We're both, uh, both fans, both liked him and um, yeah, I think it's coming to an end, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Pacheco... I'm fairly interested in Pacheco. It's a bit of a buy-low option because it came out in week one and, uh, you know, it was fairly interesting in terms of getting some targets. So he got four targets in week one, which we didn't think he really could. And I don't know, 12 carries for 70 yards, it doesn't really shoot the lights out. But I think there's going to be better days for Pacheco when they're leading games and they're going to funnel it through him. He's got a really irritating run style. I don't know if you noticed this. He was breaking off these long runs the other night and he's stressful to watch. I don't know. Do you understand what I mean? Am I just talking nonsense? Yeah, no, he kind of he kind of has that high knee running style, and looks like it's a load of effort, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It looks like it's a real hard graft to just run a little bit, and it's I don't know. It's just a very violent running style. I don't know if that means anything in terms of injuries, but it's uncomfortable to watch. But I'm potentially interested in Pacheco. I don't think the price is much at all. I think you could probably easily get him for a second from most people, and. I don't know. I might be tempted to, to take that gamble. If you've lost the Nick Chubb or you've lost, you know, Saquon for a few weeks, I, I don't know. It might be worth exploring because he's clearly the running back one there. They're going to have better weeks and he's getting most of the carries. So, yeah, one to keep an eye on, I think, Pacheco. Not for me. Not without running style. Not interested. Yeah, f- fair play. Uh, we'll take us on to the next game, which is um, a lovely, lovely afternoon down in um, in Tampa. Yeah. So, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27, the Bears of Chicago 17. So, when we're getting shredded by Baker Mayfield, there's clearly a problem with the defence. 
all the problem on offense as well. I don't know what we've done well um, ever. So, um, yeah, bad game for the boys. But, yeah, let's go through the Buccaneers. Mayfield, 26 from 34. 317 yards, a touchdown. And he was he was actually pretty impressive, Baker Mayfield, to be honest. Uh, some really good chemistry with Mike Evans. And he's doing really well on... on sort of third down plays and he looks more decisive decisive than he ever has and there's been a lot of talk this week that a lot of that could be down to Dave Canales who um, last year worked with Geno Smith in Seattle and this year is the Buccaneers offensive coordinator but he worked his magic with Geno last year and it looks like he's working his magic this year with Mayfield doesn't it? Yeah it was really good actually uh, I mean I don't think anyone expected that Mike Evans would come out the way he has but I think Mayfield is clearly capable of sustaining it. I mean, he's got some very good weapons there in the receiver room. And Mike Evans went off, didn't he? Six receptions for 171 yards and a touchdown. And Godwin was usable. So, yeah, I know it's not that popular to like Mayfield, but I think he's going to be fine. And he's a player that you couldn't couldn't get rid of in the summer. I mean, people wouldn't even pay a third in Superflex leagues, which I found mad at the time. I think we even spoke about it. So, strangely, I'm quite pleased for Mayfield. He's not a player we've ever really liked, but... You know, I'm, I'm glad to see him doing well, I suppose, in a weird way. Yeah, let's see if you're glad when he's ripping your team apart. <laughs> yep, true. <laughs> true. Well, um, speaking of ripping your team apart, Rashad White, after, um, you know, a, a bit of a frustrating week one, comes out week two. And I think I mentioned it to you the other day, actually, that he'd ripped the Bears to pieces. 17 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown, five receptions for 30 yards. And he put up a really good... Uh, fantasy score, Rashad White, but your defence is dreadful, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, if ever you've got fantasy players playing against the Bears, and it's going to be a get-right game, so, um, yeah, we're awful. And uh, it was nice for Rashad White. Even uh, even Chase Edmonds had a little carry for uh, 12 yards, but, yeah, frustrating for us. I mean, Evans, Godwin, Palmer, um, even... You know, a nice little out and for K. Dot on six from six for 41 yards, and he put up 10 points. If you've got a tight end premium league, that's some nice points for K. Dot on. But yeah, if you're playing the Bears, play your players because uh, we are terrible. Yeah, I mean, Chase Edmonds is about to miss some time as well. I think he's he's done his knees out for six weeks. And not that he did very much, but Sean Tucker did get a few carries in this game. Eight carries for seven yards, which again is, is crap, to be fair. But I do think he might have some opportunities over the coming weeks because. You know, if they get up in games, they're not just going to keep running Rashad White into the ground. There might be some work for Tucker. So just uh, have a little look out in your leagues. You know, he's on a couple of taxi squads in ours. I, I don't know if I want to pay a third just yet, but I don't know. That might be a third well spent if he starts getting some work in a few weeks' time. Yeah, I approached him for a fourth in a couple. Just was happy to throw away a fourth, even if he's rubbish. I, I've lost the fourth big deal. But um, yeah, I think he might get some work coming up, Tucker, especially as they get harder games than the Clowns this week. Yeah, agreed. Well, speaking of the clowns, talk me through it because, um, I mean, Justin Fields, obviously we both like the player overall, like him as an athlete, but, I mean, I'm worried, mate. Are you worried? Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried and um, I'm upset and disappointed and uh, all sorts. I mean, he's got his issues. He's uh, There were some highlight plays or lowlight plays from him this week. He's not helping himself, but we're not helping him. The scheme's not helping him. The coaches, for me, I don't like the uh, the head coach, Eberflus. I don't think he's any good. Getsy as well. There's no there's no design runs for Justin. There's no bootlegs. No bootlegs he was doing really well on last year. And 
they're really not helping him, but he's not helping himself. The airline's garbage as well, and it's just upsetting, really. Some of the highlights this week that I've seen and people saying he's rubbish and he's finished and all that. I really don't think he is, but I just don't think he's getting the help at the minute. Um, he is kind of worrying, um, especially against a team like the Buccaneers. You expect him to kind of do more. I, I don't know. They've got, to, they've got to change the scheme, and they've got to get him on the move again like they were last year. They kind of did it last year. He started out not great, and then they decided to keep moving him and running him and getting him out on bootlegs and getting him on the move. They've got to go back to that because at the minute it's terrible. Um, let's go to the running backs. Um, Khalil Herbert with the, the sort of bulk of the carries. We didn't get many carries because we was pretty bad, but seven carries for 35 yards and one reception for 23 yards. Roshan Johnson, four carries for 32 yards, two receptions for 10 yards. So both of them really the only running backs involved, but we just didn't get to use them because we was behind and throwing a lot. But um, the wide receivers, DJ Moore, nice out for DJ Moore. He tends to always play well against the Buccaneers from his days in the South and six from seven for 104 yards for DJ Moore. And he was really, really good on the work that he got. I can't talk about the next guy, so I'll leave that one to you. Yeah, well, Chase Claypool, after I finally cut him, um, not with a blade, but cut him in a few leagues, he goes for um, eight targets, three receptions for 36 yards, and he actually gets a touchdown. It's, do you know what? I, I actually hate Claypool because it shows that he can do it and he put us some really good really good plays, but he just doesn't want to, does he? He's just got no interest in football and I just don't think he cares and that's the worst worst thing. And I think I think he's ruined your franchise really because DJ Moore's an excellent player, but he's not really a, a traditional alpha. Claypool doesn't want to be an alpha and you've basically invested a late first into the guy. It's it's a bit of a killer. So I don't know. He's a loser, Claypool. And I, I dropped him in loads of places. Nobody's picked him up. Nobody cares. Even after this week, nobody cares. So... Yeah, I don't know if that says more about the leagues we're in or about Chase Claypool, but it's not going to change a thing for me. What about you? No, I hate him. Not interested. <laughs> it's the first time I've heard you say that you're upset. The word upset has killed me, to be fair. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm upset. Sean, I, nearly sa- I, nearly sang, I nearly sang the Drake song. I nearly sang yeah. it. disrespect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I mean, talk about upset. I mean, Cole Komet upset four target, well, four receptions finally after I stopped playing the bum everywhere. So I don't know. You've got this, the bones there of some decent players. I like Komet. I like DJ Moore and Mooney got no work after getting loads of work last week. I don't know. It's just a bit of a mess, isn't it? But I do agree on Fields. I really like him, and he just hasn't really progressed. He doesn't doesn't read the field very well. He misses open throws all the time. His progressions for his reads aren't very good, and. I don't know. I mean, you had the, uh, the the number one overall pick, didn't you? And there was talk, could you use it on a quarterback? I, I wonder if they regret not taking one. I, I'm not sure. I'm not being funny, but if we continue in this vein, then we'll get the number one pick again. Have you have you got your first pick this year? I assume you have. Yeah, we have. And we've got um, the Panthers pick, obviously. Yeah, maybe that's the play. Maybe that's the play, because, I mean, it can't carry on. I do feel sorry for Justin Fields. I do really like him, but... Yeah, he's just not progressed at all, which um, unless you want to just keep running him into the ground on designed runs, it's just not a sustainable way to play, is it? So, yeah, very a big shame, I really, have... but I won't put you through it. There's no doubt in my mind that even if we got Caleb Williams, we'd wreck him as well. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I won't put you through it anymore. Let's, uh, let's move along to Tennessee. Um, so... Yeah. 
Chargers 24, Tennessee Titans 27 uh, after overtime. So, I mean, this was a bit of a bit of a weird, weird get right game for Tannehill because he was uh, a lot better than he was the first week. He was, you know, running a touchdown and he put up 246 yards and he threw a touchdown. He was actually he was actually okay. I mean, Derek Henry back to Derek Henry, 25 carries, 80 yards, and getting some work through the air again. Um, puts up a touchdown. Ty J Spears is getting a lot of work, you know. I mean, another eight carries for 49 yards for Spears and a couple of receptions. He's um, he, he's eating into that workload of Derek Henry quite a bit. And yeah, I mean, I did did wonder, you know, would they move Derek Henry? But if they're competing in that in that division, which they might do, they're probably just going to ride Derek Henry out, aren't they? Yeah, Vrabel was very, um, very nice about Spears after the game as well. He, he said that maybe we'll block for him and he'll get some yards soon as well. Claimed like sort of pointing out that Spears has got all of this unblocked as well. And yeah, Vrabel was very uh, complimentary about Spears, saying hopefully we can block some yards for him soon as well. But um, yeah, I think he quite likes him. I like Spears as well. He's very, very shifty and explosive, isn't he? Especially uh, with no knee, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the rest of the receiver room, uh, Westbrook Akine uh, went for 25 yards and a touchdown, was the leading fantasy scorer, strangely. Um, but Traylon Burke's got a bit of work finally. That was nice to see. I mean, Hopkins can't be happy with his four receptions for 40 yards and he was moaning week one and, and I don't know, he's a bit of a diva, so I don't think he'll be happy with his his work. But I think Chica Conco is interesting because he got four targets, four receptions for 35 yards. Doesn't take much to be a useful tight end and Trending in the right direction after a tough first week, I think. Yeah, I mean that. Was, if you've got a Conquo and a tight end Premier League, you're fairly happy with that, aren't you? But I think, as I said to you last week in the Saints game, he was only an, a Tannehill overthrow away from scoring a really nice touchdown and and you know sort of doing well in the week. So I don't have any worries about a Conquo long term. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, likewise. I mean, moving over to the Chargers, really. I mean, Justin Herbert, the box score looks fine, and he put up 305 yards and a couple of touchdowns. But, I mean, these are the sort of games he's got to be winning, though, isn't he? I mean, as much as it's the box score's fine and he's startable in fantasy and he puts up nice numbers, he has to be winning these games, not just in fantasy, but for his actual franchise, I think. Yeah, I do I do get what you mean. Um, this was just vintage charging, wasn't it? I mean, they throw these games away every season, but they're they're 0-2 at the minute, and, you know, it's going to come back on the quarterback, isn't it? No matter how talented and how good he is, it always seems to come back around on the quarterback, and you're right. I mean, after the the playoff game against the Jaguars last year when they were 27-0 up and they managed to lose, you know, this all comes back round to Justin, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I mean, you look at the Chargers 0-2, the Bengals 0-2, you know, you've got Burroughs carrying injuries and not really performing and Herbert losing these sorts of games. I mean, the Titans, we all thought they'd be an absolute mess and they're beating the Chargers. I mean, it's crazy. The running back room here was terrible. I know that everyone rushed out to pick up um, Joshua Kelly and he was useless, put up 13, carried for 39 yards. And uh, Dotson put up a bit more work than him and actually was more efficient. Isaiah Spiller got one carry for three yards. I mean, he's if he can't do anything when the rest of the running back room's shit, I mean, he's not going to do anything at all. So that's a shame. I mean, we got some production out of the wide receiver room, though, didn't we? And Keenan Allen was, was excellent, 111 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And I actually started Mike Williams in a few just because I thought without Eckler there, there's going to be a bit of work and, and he was fine as well. But yeah, uh, it's... Uh, a terrible loss in real life for the Chargers. 
Yeah, just one thing on the running backs. The the uh, Titans are a very, very difficult team to run on. They keep kind of everyone down um, in, in yards. They did it the week before against the Saints, and their front four is really, really strong. So, yeah, I mean, teams are going to have these issues uh, running back against the Titans because their front is really fearsome. So, yeah, not a great week from Kelly, but I think Eckler may miss this week as well. And I'd be starting Kelly this week because they've got the Vikings and... I think he'll be fine this week, and um, he's not going to come up against the front like the Titans every week. So, yeah, I mean, just in fantasy, just keep an eye on when your your running backs are playing the Titans because they're tough to run on. A bit like the Buccaneers a couple of years ago. You've got Jeffrey Simmons in there and a few of them, and, yeah, they're some big boys, and they, they don't get run on, really. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, um, take us to Arizona, mate, because this is a game I was dreading talking about, but actually ended up being very, very pleased. <laughs> Well, in our NFL uh, messaging group, I was chatting a load of shit for two hot two uh, quarters for the, this Giants game. I was giving you and uh, Geordie Mike all sorts in there. Doesn't sound like you. Can't believe you. I can't believe you're losing to the worst franchise. Giants are the worst franchise in the whole league. And yeah, I was I was dropping all sorts of. Uh, I was fishing in there, and neither of you were biting, which is really annoying me. So um, yeah, I kept it up till you started the comeback. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, Arizona, what was it, 21-0 or something silly like that? But um, yep. they flew out the gate, didn't they? half time, I think it was, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it ends up they the flew Giants. out the gate. <laughs> yeah. Ends up the Giants 31, Cardinals 28. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it got to the point where I was actually quite pleased at how angry I was about it because we were so bad. And then, <laughs> obviously, we, we get it in the end. So, yeah, I mean... Start with Arizona, really, I suppose. I mean, Joshua Dobbs was actually Joshua Dobbs. I don't know why I've just chucked a oh, it is Joshua. I don't know if it was Josh or Joshua. He was actually fine. I started him in a couple of leagues where I'm just completely desperate and he put up a, a load of work and he was actually fine. James Connor was ripping us to pieces, to be fair, put up 106 yards and a touchdown. And I thought, Jesus, we're in for trouble here. Amari Demacado got a bit of um. Got a first bit of action as well, didn't he? Got a carry and a couple of receptions. And it's just one, one to monitor because we were quite big fans of Keonta Ingram. I say big fans, but a fan of the opportunity. But Ingram's been quietly nothing this season. I mean, first week went for minus yardage and this week did absolutely nothing. So it looks like Demarcado's the uh, the one to sort of roster behind James Conner, doesn't it? I think in that running back room. Yeah, so the talk coming out of um, the Cardinals is that Demarcado's overtaken him already. And if there's an injury to Connor, then Demarcado's, I think, one of the guys you want to look at. I mean, they're going to be a poor offense, but yeah, he'll be he'll be the volume running back. Just on Joshua Dobbs, there was design runs in there as well. Design runs for Joshua Dobbs, and he was uh, he was really good in them as well. So it was just a massive shock. Um, they blasted you out of the gates in, in like, the first two quarters. Yeah, they really did. It was it was a nightmare, to be honest with you. And, you know, Marquise Brown, 10 targets, six receptions. He put up a touchdown on us. And Michael Wilson, um, quietly, three targets, three receptions for 56 yards. I really like, not when he's against the Giants, but I quite like the way that um, Wilson's just quietly rising. And I think there's going to definitely be better days to come for Michael Wilson. Yeah, he was a guy that we liked a lot, wasn't we? And like we sort of suggested next year he could be the wide receiver one for Caleb Williams. So yeah, Wilson's one to definitely keep an eye on. And I've got him on a couple of taxis and um, I, I mentioned to him before we even drafted that, that I kind of liked him. So yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. Rondell Moore did nothing. One reception, 14 yards. Zach Pascal, one reception for nine yards. All about Marquise Brown and 
Michael Wilson this week, wasn't it? But um, tight end run, Zach Ertz, six from eight for 56 yards. He keeps grinding, keeps getting some points. Trey McBride, two from three for 32 yards. But Zach Ertz is still getting it done in uh, Arizona, isn't he? I think he's the leading uh, target receiver and tight end in the whole league this season, which is, I know it's only two weeks, but given that he cost absolutely nothing this year and, you know, even in Dynasty, you could probably pick him up for like a late third or even off waivers. Um, he's He's been excellent this season. I think in Dynasty, you still might want to look at Trey McBride, but for this season, Zach Ertz is offering some really, really good value. Um, so, yeah, pleased for him. Again, not against the Giants, but, uh, yeah, I've got him in a in a redraft league and he's doing fine. So, just before you, I let you move on to your lads, I've never seen such a contrast in performance in two in two halves from Daniel Jones. He was absolutely dreadful for the first half. And the second half, he was like a peak Mahomes. He was running, he was throwing, he was scrambling. He was, a, he was brilliant. I've never seen such a contrast. So I'll leave all of your boys with you to talk me through. Go. Elite. Absolutely elite. Never questioned. I've never questioned Daniel Jones once. He's been excellent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. He was, he was crap first half and I, I was fuming. It was so bad that I was quite pleased at how angry I was. It was one of those ones. And comes out flying the second half and he puts up 321 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He runs one in. I mean, he, he was excellent. Really, really good. And as you said, he was just like a peak Mahomes and he was a bit of a machine in the second half. And I think our wide receiver room is... It's so average, it's painful, but he, he got it done and started stretching him out. So before I talk about the big news, which is in the running back room, I mean, the wide receivers, Isaiah Hodgins finally did something. He got four receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. Very, uh, you know, decent points in fantasy. But Jalen Hyatt, for me, I mean, two targets, two receptions for 89 yards. This is what he's going to be. I mean, one of my very bold predictions for the season was that Jalen Hyatt could hit 1,000 yards and... It is, bless you. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jalen Hyatt, I said he might get 1,000 yards, and it sounds a bit mad, but he basically got nearly 100 yards out of nowhere, and I think he's, he's capable of doing it. And I think people forget that he was the Blitnikoff winner. He's a very, very good receiver, and if we can stretch the field, he's going to put up some decent numbers. So the rest of the room, Slayton, you know, got six targets, pulled in three of them, and Paris Campbell, six targets, pulled in four of them. So... Yeah, the wide receiver room, they, they got it done in the second half. And Darren Waller, uh, again, not going to shoot the lights out, but eight targets, six receptions, 76 yards. We just did enough. And, uh, yeah, a very, very good win in the end. What did you make of these? Yeah, better days, better days ahead for Waller. I think he's only going to improve there as the season goes on. Hodgins, we've always liked. Um, higher, his role is probably going to expand, even though he's, he's a deep threat. I just wonder if they use him more on other sort of routes other than other than go routes because I think he definitely can Slayton's just reliable isn't he um other than that really they're all fairly average aren't they yeah they are and Slayton he's on a one-year deal and he had a couple of um I say poor misses but pretty poor throws from Jones but he could have possibly pulled some of them in and I do wonder if he keeps missing on that whether some of those targets end up going to higher because as you said He's basically just running nine routes at the moment. And I, I wonder if they can move him outside and get him a bit more involved because he can just burn people. So, yeah, it was, um, I suppose, good fun in the end as a Giants fan. But, you know, disappointingly in the running back room, Saquon was uh, looking like old Saquon, really. 17 carries and a touchdown and six receptions and a touchdown. And, and suddenly he's, um, he's out injured. And 
I don't know. There's very different reports on all of this. He's done. He's done his ankle. It was talked it could be a, a sprain, but it's not a high sprain. And some people saying he's out for weeks. Others saying he might play this weekend. I, I, I just don't really know. Uh, he's not practicing at the moment, but there's talk that he could be ready to go on on Thursday night. I think, which um, would be a surprise. I don't, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but I mean, what would you do with if you're a Barkley owner? Um, I mean, are you interested in anybody else? People are rushing to pick up Matt Brader, but. I don't think I've got any interest, to be honest. I don't have any interest in um, in the other running backs because you're playing the 49ers. Exactly. Exactly. And it's for a week. I mean, maybe two if, if reports are to be believed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be starting Matt Brader against the 49ers. So, yeah, for me, they'll probably just, uh, you know, have some design runs for Daniel Jones and, and get through the next week, spreading it across. You might see a couple of carries for Gray. wonder if our... Um, Vauxhall Nova owning Gary Brightwell might get a couple of carries. Yeah, I think um, I think they may use Brightwell. He's your return guy as well, isn't he, Brightwell? He is. He's just a, he's just a bum. But you know, if you're playing the 49ers, I don't really want to expose anybody else to those hits. So yeah, run out Gary, and he'll it, it, love it. Yeah, to be fair, let 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 a geezer called Gary get killed by the 49ers. No loss, is it? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I won't gloat anymore. Really good win for my Giants, but uh, take us over to Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, is it the Los Angeles Rams or is it the Nakua Rams? I mean, another amazing performance. But uh, let's start with uh, Stafford. So, 34 from 55, 307 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions in there. But, yeah, I, another really good game from Stafford for me. The, the interceptions were. Not so much on him, um, I don't think. And um, one of them was um, kind of a pump play, but um, I really like Stafford at the minute. He's really thrown it around well. That arm is still really good. Um, we said um, before the season that he's a really nice pick-up if you're a contending side for a second because he, he, people were picking him up for a second. I'd seen him pick up for a third in some leagues, so I'd still be doing that now. But his price obviously probably gone up because he's looked really good, but... I think he's a really nice quarterback to have, isn't he, this year? I think he is. And I don't know if the price has gone up that much, though. You're not going to have to pay a first for him, which you usually do in Superflex. I think he might cost you a couple of seconds or a second and something else, won't he? But, yeah, we, we said all through the season he could be a nice value, and he's, he's doing very, very well. I suppose the big talking point for the Rams, though, so it ends up being, obviously, 49 is 30, Rams 23. But the big one, just before the game, after a dreadful last week, Cam Akers, uh, there was talk he was going to be inactive, and he was, um, which I suppose we shouldn't be surprised by now, should we, uh, Sean McVay and the way the Rams operate, but suddenly he's completely inactive, and Kyron Williams is the man, and Ronnie Rivers is getting some carries, and a lot of the reports are that the Cam Akers doesn't align with the values of the, the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, I don't even know what that means, to be honest. I don't know what he's done wrong, but very weird situation, but he's completely toast there, isn't he? The talk is going to be looking for a trade, but is anyone going to be interested? Um, I don't know, because a lot of the issues with him seem to be attitude, and teams don't really want to be taking that on board, do they? So, I don't know. I think there's every chance he could get cut soon, and I don't think the Rams really care about cutting him now. I think they're happy to do it. I don't know. I mean, the Ravens have been reported to be interested, but I don't know if you're really going to get another job if you've got attitude problems. And McVeigh has seemed to point to attitude for all of his issues, doesn't he? So I don't know. But just looking at Kyron Williams, 14 carries, 52 yards and a touchdown. 
six from 10 receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown. So he's a really good all-round back, Kyron Williams. He might not have the explosion. I think he run a 4.6 or a 4.740, but he's really, really good, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, that's what tanked him last year. He ran, I think, a 4.68 or something, and it just killed it. And I, I picked him in the late first in our pre-combine draft, didn't I? And everyone sort of laughed when he ended up going, I think, in the fifth round or wherever he went. But look, a genius now. But he doesn't play like a 4.7 player, does he? I don't think he plays no, not that slow. It's, uh, no. I suppose the testing is only only takes you so far, doesn't it? And we'll talk about another receiver in a minute, Puka Nakua. But it just goes to show that the... Uh, Athletic metrics are interesting and they're a good barometer, but I don't think they tell you everything about a player once they've got pads on and a helmet. And he's certainly not playing at a four seven, but he's excellent. And I think for this season, I mean, I've got Kyron Williams in lows just because I got stuck with him last year, and I'm going to start him everywhere at the moment. We've just said don't start your running backs against the 49ers. He put up 28 fantasy points. I mean, he's been excellent. And I think if I'm an owner, I'm not moving him for a second. Really, I'd want a second plus, and if I'm competing, I'm just going to keep him. What about you? Yeah, if I owned him this season, I'd um, I'd use him, run him into the ground this year, and uh, yeah, just use him all the time. Uh, he might not be there next year, or he might be the backup next year because I think McVeigh likes a running back, and I, I think they could move to Taylor next year or, or do something silly because they get a lot of money back, don't they, off of the books and. They'll do something at running back because McVeigh really likes a running back there. I don't know if they've really invested in Williams, but they're going to be this season, aren't they? Yeah, completely agree. So, um, yeah, he, he's been excellent. But on to another guy that's been excellent out of nowhere, Puka Nakua. Jesus. After week one, he got 15 targets and we're all wondering, is this just a bit of a, you know, a lucky week? And then he comes out week two against an excellent defense and gets 20 targets, 15 receptions, 147 yards. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, have we, from a rookie, 30 targets in his first two weeks. And this isn't a rookie that was a first-round draft pick. He was, I think, drafted in the fifth round, possibly. I mean, he's not got high draft capital. He's just been incredible, hasn't he? Yeah, really amazing, to be honest. I don't. It's, unpre- it's unprecedented. I've not seen anything like it uh, since, well, since we've been doing it, since, I don't know, 2016, 2017. We've never seen a rookie receiver coming into the league and dominate in targets and receptions quite like this in his first two games, have we? 147 yards on the 49ers is tremendous. Yeah, and I think the the incredible thing about him so far is he's got 30 targets, put up loads of receptions. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. I mean, if he starts adding some touchdowns to his game, I don't know if it's a concern that he's getting all this work and not quite getting over uh, over the line, but... Oh, it's just incredible. And a lot of people are worried about Cup and when he comes back, could he eat into this? But he's not just playing in the slot. He's playing in the slot. He's playing outside. He's getting yards after the catch. He's, he's doing a bit of everything. So I think if uh, it just gives them the flexibility to just ease Cup back in rather than completely just throwing him out there. And, you know, you'll see a little dip in his targets, obviously, but I still think he's going to get a lot of work there. I think him and Cup will, will play together really, really well because they can both do a bit of inside and outside and I think they're both going to be really great options for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I completely agree. And the, the price of Nakua has uh, been a massive talking point this week. And I said a few times, I, I think I picked him up in the fifth in most leagues. <coughs> I picked him in waves in a couple where I didn't get him in the draft. And strangely, I probably wouldn't move him for a first. And unless I know it's going to be an early first, I'm I'm just happy to see what happens from here. Because I think, what are you hoping for? If you move him for a first and you get like the 109 next year, 
are you going to do? Pick up another wide receiver. If they put up what Nakua's just done, you'd be over the moon. So, yeah, but before you start shipping him straight for a first, I think just uh, have a little think about it because what are you what are you hoping to get? And I don't know. I'm just happy to see what happens with this one. I think the thing is you, you have to hold him because even if the worst comes to the worst and he, next week he's rubbish from then onwards, you've only ever paid a fifth or picked him up on waiver, so it doesn't matter. At the minute, you're quids in at the bank and ride that out, ride out the season, see what he stays with and then judge it next year from me. Um, you can always sell him next summer based on what he did or you're always going to make profit if he continues. But at the minute... Just ride it out because there's no advantage in selling him now, really, is there? No, and I think even if he falls off the next few weeks, you probably still can get a second quite easily just based on what he can do. So you're definitely in profit. And yeah, as you said, you've paid a fifth. At very most, you might have paid a fourth if you were a bit bullish on him. So yeah, he, he's been incredible. And yeah, I like the cut of his jib. So um, yeah, he's got a lovely, um, he's got a lovely mane of hair as well, hasn't he? Yeah, incredible, incredible stuff. So uh I think he's Samoan, isn't he? Um, sort of ethnicity. So, uh, yeah, a lot of time for it. Two to Atwell. Um, continues to put up decent numbers. Got nine targets, 77 yards. Strange, I still just don't really care. I just don't see it's that sustainable, given his size. I think he's going to have a role. But I think if and when Cup comes back, he might turn into a bit more of a deep threat rather than this possession guy that he's been so far. But I may well be very wrong on that. Um, but the rest of the room, Jefferson hardly did anything at all, did he? And... Skronek, uh done nothing at all as well. So uh, it very much is the Nakua and the Atwell show at the moment. Yeah, Nakua, Atwell and uh, Kyron Williams, because not even Higby's doing anything. Three from seven for 12 yards. I think people expected him to be more involved with cup out, but he's not really done anything for the first two weeks. So um, literally uh, the Nakua and Kyron Williams show with a little bit of tutu Atwell, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, um, talk us through the 49ers. Yeah, Brock Purdy, 17 from 25, 206 yards, three carries for five yards and a touchdown. There was a fumble in there as well. But just for me and the eye, he, um, he missed a few, overthrew, overthrew a few shots to some of the players, which he probably could have nailed and had a better box score. But that's kind of the worry with Purdy. You worry about how good he can sustain it and how good he can be long term. Those missed shots, you know. There was some of that last year as well, and I just wonder when the games really matter if you're missing those, whether that's gonna, whether that's gonna cost. But the running back room, uh, where do you start, Caffrey? So um, Shanahan was saying um, that he wants to try and uh, rest McCaffrey when he can. Not today. Twenty carries, 116 yards, a touchdown, three receptions for 19 yards. Christian McCaffrey got 100% of the 49ers' running back work. Elijah Mitchell did nothing. So much for resting Christian what do you take of that so Christian McCaffrey is Zach Moss is what we're saying 100% <laughs> share of the uh, the running back room I mean he's just uh, incredible and he's still so bursty I mean he's 27 he's missed loads of time of injury when you see him flying through he, he just looks so young and so fast still he, he's incredible so uh, not much point in analyzing him too much the rest of the running back room is absolutely nothing um, but I do agree on Purdy, though. There was a couple of shots out on the right, I think, to Ayuk that he just completely overthrew. And I don't know, I'm still I'm still not a big Purdy fan. I think Shanahan's forcing it, obviously. But eventually, it will, it will show itself only that he's, he's overthrowing some of these quite easy throws. And there's a reason he went the very last pick in the draft and nobody else cared about him because he's not actually that good. He's a system guy and he's going to be fine, but I, I don't like him at all. 
I mean, Debo Samuel went off a bit and they've used him a bit in the backfield. So I know that McCaffrey technically got all the, uh, the running yards, but um, they did give Samuel a few carries as a wide receiver. So back to the old Debo Samuel type stuff, wasn't it? And I don't know. Debo Samuel's a tough one. I know you don't really like him that much, but if you've got him, you sort of have to start him because he can always do this. He put up 21 fantasy points and five carries for 38 yards and a touchdown, six receptions for 63 yards. I mean, he's, uh, he's got that in his locker. Yeah, it was um, it was kind of back to when he was actually any good for that one season, and it was mainly because they used him in the backfield again. So, yeah, he's had one amazing season, and and the rest not so much. And it's kind of coincided with when he used out of the backfield, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. So the annoying thing is when he does that, it sort of hampers Ayuk a bit. So Ayuk was excellent week one. This week, three receptions for forty three yards. He just wasn't even really startable this week, and. I still no real concerns. I still love Ayuk, but questions about the, uh, you know, the quarterback for me and Ayuk's hurt his shoulder as well. I think it could be a bit of a game time decision on Thursday night against my boys. So I'll be quite pleased for real life football if Ayuk's out. But um, yeah, obviously, yeah, I, don't, um, I don't have much worries over Ayuk. I think he come out of this game a lot with the injury. He looked banged yeah. up as well. I think he come in, he come in for another play later on, and you could tell he was affected with it. And yeah, I don't think he was fit, was he? No, and that's probably what led him to focus on Samuel and, and just run him into the ground, really. So, yeah, so that's that. I mean, George Kittle just had a, a classic sort of George Kittle day in a bad way, didn't he, really? You know, three targets, three receptions. It's uh, He has those weeks. He's not really got it going at all this season so far. Yeah, it, it, like we said, Kittle will have games when he's really useful and he's going to be the go-to guy. But then some games he's just going to end up blocking the whole game, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, let's move on to uh, in, down to Dallas. So, uh, oh, go on. Yes, Dallas 30, the New York Jets 10. This was basically just a massacre, really, from the Dallas defence. That, that defence is something special, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And, you know, Dak Prescott, uh, you know, 31 from 38 for 255 yards. And Tony Pollard, I mean, I still worry whether he can carry the full load but so far 25 carries and he's been excellent I bought him this week in a, a league where I'm competing he was superb this week even uh, the midget Juice Vaughan got involved in a few carries didn't he and you know wasn't much of a test really and this Jets defence I know it's uh, great on paper but it's just not quite got going I mean the Cowboys handled them fairly easily I think the thing with the uh, the Jets' defence is they're fine when they're not on the field so often, but when they're on the field and getting run ragged, it, it, it's not going to it's not going to last, is it? They need to be sort of coming onto the field in spells, but they were constantly on the field because they just got massacred by Dallas. We don't talk about defensive players, but Micah Parsons is generational, isn't he? Oh, he's a joke. He's he's just too much, and he obviously is going for the defensive player of the year, and. Uh, obviously jumping around a little bit but I know that you don't really like Zach Wilson I don't think anybody does but I'm just not even going to judge him on this game at all because I, I just think most quarterbacks are going to struggle in this game you look at the Giants we got ripped to pieces by Dallas and the next week Daniel Jones goes mental so um, yeah I'm going to ignore it for now mostly because I have to because I bought him in a couple of leagues um, but CeeDee Lamb this was uh, probably one of his better ever games for the Cowboys. He was just excellent, wasn't he? 11 receptions, 143 yards. He just looks like a proper alpha now. He's got the the uh, the pink sort of string through his hair. He just looks incredible. So, yeah, I love what I'm seeing. 
Yeah, they really force-fed Lamb. They got him. This has been kind of a change under McCarthy, where he's really, really highlighted Lamb and got Lamb as much of the ball as possible. And this continued this week. And there was a very zone-heavy defence from uh, the Jets. And Lamb is that's perfect for Lamb. He just finds all the soft spots, and he's he's a he's a good athlete. And yeah, he cleaned he cleaned them up really. And really good game from Lamb. Um, I mean. 13 targets for Lamb in that offence when they're not getting a great deal of work anyway. He's been... He is. I mean, the rest of the wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert's not quite dead yet. I'll tell you who is. Michael Gallup. I mean, one ta- one reception for Gallup for three yards. He's just not really a thing at the moment. But Tolbert got four targets and the uh, special teams return of Turpin just seems to keep getting more and more work, doesn't he? Got a couple of carries and another reception. But in the tight end room, Jake Ferguson, he's a guy that I've got in um in two I've only got him in two redraft leagues and I picked him up off the waivers in one of our dynasty leagues. And I think he's gonna be very good this season, Jake Ferguson. He's clearly leading that tight end room. Yeah, I mean even the shoemaker got a touchdown, didn't he? He's one reception, one yard and a touchdown. So um they do like the tight end room in uh, Dallas and yeah, they rotate the three of them fairly well. But like you say, Ferguson's the one getting the bulk of the receptions right now, isn't he? He absolutely is. Well, I mean, over to, to the Jets and obviously Zach Wilson, he's not very good and terrible day for him, really. But I just, I'm going to write this off a bit just because that Dallas defense is so good. Everyone's going to struggle. And uh, But he wasn't great. Three interceptions, he was picked off a bit. The running back room was just an absolute disaster. I mean, if you can't get it done through the air, you've got some very good running backs. I mean, Dalvin Cook is so washed. He was useless. Four carries for seven yards. And if he's not getting it done, move to Brees Hall. But Brees Hall got four carries. I mean, he then tweeted out a little picture after, didn't he, of four footballs and clearly not happy at his usage. I don't like all that sort of nonsense, really, because I don't know. Zach Wilson's the guy for now. You just got to back him. And I don't know, stupid little stuff on Twitter. It doesn't look good, does it, for Brees Hall? Yeah, he's done it a couple of times, hasn't he, Brees Hall? I think he, he did it last year. He did it when there was um, Cook was linked to the Jets. He kind of did a laughing emoji or or something or other. I can't remember what it was. But he tagged in Carter, didn't he? And he said, oh, we're good, aren't we? Or something stupid. He's just a bit of a knob. Yeah, player. it's not a great look, is it, from Brees Hall? But, yeah, I mean, they've got to try and get him more than four carries because I don't think you can trust on the game of Zach Wilson throwing. So... He did actually manage to hit Garrett Wilson, didn't he, for a nice touchdown. Garrett Wilson went two from eight for 83 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown was really nice, actually. He's a burner. I think it was Trayvon Diggs that he's burned, but it was uh, it was a really nice move on a touchdown and a long long reception, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, it just uh, obviously still getting the targets. Wilson will be fine. He produced last year with loads of rubbish quarterbacks. And he's not going to be efficient, but he'll still get it done. I mean, eight targets, two receptions. Uh, he's just lucky that one of them went for a very long touchdown and, and saved his day, really, from a from a fantasy perspective. But the rest of this wide receiver, I mean, it's just not really usable at all, is it? And McCole Hardman's never been an easy guy to roster, but I've seen everyone cut him this week. No one's interested. And Alan Lazard um, got a few targets, but again, just not efficient with it. It's going to be the story, I think, while Zach Wilson's the quarterback and once they face these decent defence is going to be tough but they play New England next doesn't really get any easier I think does it yeah I think the only one you can trust in the receiving game is Zach Wilson uh, sorry Garrett Wilson isn't it but um, Conklin got a bit of work 5 from 6 for 50 yards and, and 10 points but yeah going ahead I think it's just Garrett Wilson I think they've got to try and run the ball more because they can't be putting the, uh, the game in Zach Wilson's hands can they they can't. I mean, finally, the tight end room, Tyler Conklin, he got six targets and five receptions. I mean, 
Titans are always a friend to a, a rookie or a crap quarterback, so it doesn't really surprise me. But I just like you said, you can't really trust any of these receivers other than Garrett Wilson. And it doesn't feel good, but I think you still got to play him because he's so good. It, even on limited work, he'll, he'll get some stuff done. So, yeah, uh, I do worry about Zach Wilson because I tell you what, if they bring in a veteran at any point, which they could well do, I think that's his career done. Sadly, you know, it, this is now his opportunity. If he can't take it, it's not easy, is it, against Dallas, against New England? And I think he's then got the Bills. It's it's not an easy run for him. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of make or break for him now with, with Rogers out. It's, it's obviously his job for now, and they need to get something out of him. But if they don't and then move on to a vet, then, yeah, it's going to be very tough for him, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, but moving on to Denver. So, uh, Commanders 35, Broncos 33. I mean, this was um, a fun game, really, in terms of the final score. And, and actually, Russ Wilson, there's a lot of talk this week about should Jarrett Stidham come in. I find it find it a bit mad, really. I thought Russ was quite decent, you know, especially his deep balls. He showed he's still got that in his locker. Um, put up three touchdowns. I, mean, I think he was generally fine. Threw for over 300 yards and people are kicking off about it. The running back room is still a little bit of a mess for me. I just don't think they've quite figured it all out and they're still not really working Javonta Williams fully. He only got 12 carries and it's not really enough. Um, but, the, I mean, wide receivers, just a weird situation. I mean, talk us through this wide receiver room because it's a very weird week for, for scoring here. I mean, Brandon Johnson, two from three for 66 yards and two touchdowns. I'll be honest, I know most people, I don't know who this Brandon Johnson is. Where is he? I don't even know where he's come from. Or I think he's a second-year player, but I don't, know, I don't know who he is. No, I mean, we did a breakdown of every single player on every single roster. I don't think he was included. So I've got no idea where he's come from or who he is or, or what. But, um, yeah, very, very weird situation. Yeah, I mean Marvin Mims obviously got the uh, the deep drop touchdown, but he only uh, he only had two targets and uh, he brought both of those in. But one of those was obviously a hundred and thirteen yard touchdown, wasn't it? So I'm sorry, an eighty yard touchdown, wasn't it? One hundred and thirteen yards is bigger than the actual field. So, so yeah, right I mean, around, like, around the field. Yeah, but he, he only got the two targets, didn't he, Mims? Obviously, one of them was the deep shot and um, five from seven for Sutton for 66 yards. He's kind of the volume guy, but Judy was fairly disappointing. Three from five for 25, wasn't he? Yeah, it really was. And obviously, he's come back from this injury. Uh, I don't know, it's a bit of a welcome back game, wasn't it? But he wasn't very good. I mean, just going back to the Russell Wilson situation, because there has been a lot of um, a lot of talk you know, from different analysts and stuff about Russ Wilson and could they move on? I mean, they're so invested financially that I just don't think they can. But also, Jarrett Stidham, do me a favour. There's no way Jarrett Stidham's going to be the starting quarterback over Russ Wilson, is there? Zero chance. I think the um, the discord against Russ has, has probably gone too far now. He's not that bad. You saw, we've seen so far this season, he's actually played well. I've got no problem with Russ. Um, I, I think Sean Payton might just try and be a big boy about it and, and try and get my quarterback in there and get Stidham in there just to make a point of it. But I think it'd be really stupid. Uh, there's no competition for me. It's Wilson by far. I don't I don't get the discourse around Russ Wilson. He's a really, really good quarterback. It was a terrible situation last year. He's shown that he's still good. Um, yeah, I don't get the problem with Russ. I just think a lot of people don't like him because of the way he is. I get that because he can be a bit of a dweeb, but... Yeah, he's a good quarterback. I don't get yeah. it at all. Yeah, all this stuff about him having his own office and all that's a bit stupid. But yeah, I mean, as as you said, he's a good quarterback. He looks slimmer. He looks fair. He's, he's showed he's still got the deep ball. 
He's playing with the corpse of Cortland Sutton. He's obviously lost Tim Patrick and Judy's been out for a while and Javonta Williams has come out from injury. There's just loads of stuff going against them. And, and actually, he's put up some really good numbers. He's thrown five touchdowns in the last two weeks and all of a sudden people want to play Jarrett Stidham. Do me a favour. Um, yeah, not for me. No, but I mean, moving on to to the commanders. I mean, they've had a very good start. Sam Howe now, I think, is 3-0 as a starter. And he put up nearly 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He's actually been quietly fine. And there is a, a touch of Baker Mayfield about him, as we've said before. And I like Sam Howe. I think he's fine. I don't think he's ever going to be sort of a, a you know top five quarterback. But he's definitely startable, I think, at the moment. Yeah, I like Sam Hal as well. I've got him in a, a couple of leagues that's too late in, and I, I traded for him last year for a third. So, yeah, I quite liked what I saw from him in the game last year. I liked him at um, NC State as well. I like the look of him. I mean, there was talk the year before he actually came out that he'd be the number one um, pick the year he did come out, and he ended up going in the fifth round, which was a joke. But, yeah, I really like the look of him. Um, <clears throat> he's just got something about him, hasn't he, as a quarterback, and I, I quite like that. He's not afraid to scramble when he needs to, and he's been quite decisive with his throws. There's been some actually really nice throws in there as well, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah, I really like him, and he's quite brave, and I quite like that when he gets these late hits, everyone backs him up. That They're really behind him as the starting quarterback, and there was talk when they picked him up last year in the fifth round that he was the steal of the draft, and I think he's just showing that he probably was, to be fair. It was a really weak quarterback class, and Kenny Pickett, there's still some question marks. But, um, yeah, he's quietly doing doing a really good job there, so I like that. But I think the big news for this side is Brian Robinson. I mean, he's he's been excellent, and he's not a guy that you like, and he's added receiving work to his game. He's, he's a very, very good running back at the moment. He seems to have sort of had an extra step as well. He seems bursty and quicker and... I don't know. He's a, he's a very startable running back at the moment. 18 carries for 87 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He got the two-point conversion, a couple of receptions for 42 yards. He's excellent. Yeah, I have to hold my hands up. I've not really been a big fan of Brian Robinson, but he has looked really good so far this season. He's clearly been their number one running back. And, you know, we were sat in um, Antonio Gibson and he's done absolutely nothing. He's not part of the plan, really. And Robinson's kind of put him in a back seat, hasn't he? And yeah, I can only credit Brian, Robin, uh, Brian Robinson with what he's done. So he's been really good, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, what do you think the price is for Brian Robinson? Because I don't think he's, he's that expensive, but I, I don't think you're getting him for anything less than a first now. I think the value has, uh, has probably gone up a little bit, hasn't it? Because he's just been really, really good this season. I don't know if I'm quite paying that, but if you're competing, it, it might be worse players to pick up. Yeah, I mean, I got a really nice deal last week. Um, I had Zach Wilson and didn't want him, don't like him, wanted to sell him. So um, I moved Zach Wilson and Gus Edwards for Taylor Heineke and Brian Robinson. No comment, mate. That's a yeah, nice deal. Nice deal, as always. Um, you do get these deals over the line. I think you're probably, I shouldn't give you too much credit on this. I think you're probably the best trader out of all the leagues that I'm in because you're so... You don't stop. You get all these great deals over the line, so have to credit you, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I like it. Um, Gibson got a little. You're going to want. You're going to want me to edit out any credit for me, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Please remove it. <laughs> Do your Dr. Dre shit and uh, cut that stuff out. Um, Gibson got a little bit of work, but I still don't think you can start Gibson. He's just. Uh, I don't really like him there, so pointless wasting our time on it. I mean, the receiving room—they spread it about a little bit, but um, Terry McLaurin got the bulk of the work and the touchdown. Curtis Samuel still getting some carries out the backfield and 
I don't know. Jahan Dotson had a bit of a disappointing uh, performance, really. He only got three receptions for 22 yards, but I'm not I'm not bothered by that at all. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, I've been a bit disappointed with him in the first two games, but I, I do think he's going to be fine long term. And yeah, Curtis Samuel, he seems to be he seems to be getting a fair bit of the work at the minute. But um, yeah, I think it'll kind of even itself out, and Dotson will be fine. Did you um, did you actually see the touchdown? McLaurin was a beautiful catch and beautiful throw. Yeah, I did. It was uh, it was excellent, to be fair. And McLaurin's just one of those guys that nobody ever seems to like, but he's just an excellent receiver. I think he's real life receiver, one of the best in the league, isn't he? But nobody really likes him that much in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the tight end room, our boy Logan Thomas. Excellent again until some bloke nearly killed him. I don't know what that was all about. Jesus, you see that? Yeah, that was shocking. To be fair, Karim Jackson, I think it was, wasn't it? That was. Just uncalled for. <laughs> he might just be angry. I don't know. Maybe he was a Giants fan. I mean, this is a geezer that's been out. I mean, he's played about eight games in the last two years. He's never healthy. Finally comes in, catches a really, really good touchdown. I don't know how he pulled that catch off. And then some bloke tries to take his head off. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's in the concussion protocol, I assume. Uh, I think he is, yeah. So, yeah, he'll probably miss some time again, which is such a shame because we sort of touted him as a very cheap value play and it, it was working out, wasn't it? But... Just hope it's not too serious because that was a horrible hit. Yeah, I don't know about concussion protocol. I think he's still looking for his head on Broncos field. I think he's still searching for it. Yeah, I mean, that was brutal. But yeah, if he comes back, he's shown that he's going to be um, very usable. Disappointing for me was um, Cole Turner. I think John Bates seems to have sort of taken over in the pecking order, which is um, a bit of a shame, really, because he seemed to get a bit more of the work after uh, Logan Thomas had gone out. So. I don't know. I did roster Colter in a few, but I very quickly moved to Thomas uh, as the season started. And uh, I think if Thomas misses time, I'm probably just going to steer clear of the room, actually. Yeah, you're probably better off with Amphia Turner, to be fair. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, well, take us over to New England. So, the New England Patriots, they were beaten by the Miami Dolphins. It was 24-17 to for the Dolphins. Uh, Mac Jones, 31 from 42, 231 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, a fairly middling game, really, from Mac Jones, but they aired it out a fair bit, the uh, the Patriots. I mean, Devontae Parker, 6 from 8 for 57. Juju had six targets, caught five of them for 28 yards. It's pretty dreadful uh, ADOT from Juju there, which has kind of been the marker of his career the last few years. But Kendrick Ball, nine targets. He brought four of those in for 29 yards. Demario Douglas... Brought in two from two for 19 yards, but he also had the fumble. So that means Uncle Bill's probably buried him in the back of the garden now for a few years. Hunter Henry, six from seven for 52 yards and a touchdown. Matt Gasicki, five from six for 33. So they are really using those tight ends, aren't they? They are. And, you know, surprisingly, it's Hunter Henry's the one that's sort of getting the touchdowns. But I don't think there's that much between them really in that usage. So, yeah, the, the takeaway from this for me is that Juju, I just think he could just be dead couldn't he really and I picked him up in a redraft and he was a bit of a value in Dynasty and I thought he could be a bit of a volume player as did you but just not quite getting it done is he? he's just very unproductive there's just no depth there's no depth and no, no yards and 5 from 6 or 28 it's just I mean, it's just mare isn't it it's just he's not going anywhere with his, with his volume and this was kind of what we've seen the last few years isn't it it's kind of disappointing really yeah, I mean, he's, he's lucky that Demero Douglas obviously had that fumble because he didn't get a single snap after that. And um, I think Douglas could be after some of that slot work if he hadn't, you know, been banished to the depths of hell by uh, by Bill. But, 
Yeah, it's really disappointing. I don't think you can start Juju at the moment. I mean, I've got him in, in our home league redraft and I'm just not starting him because I just don't trust him at all. I'd rather roll the dice on somebody with some upside because at the moment the floor for him is just really poor. Yeah, um, so just quickly onto the uh, quickly onto the running backs. Ramondre Stevenson is, is clearly the running back one in this room at the minute because Zeke only had five carries for 13 yards and Zeke looks a former shell of himself, doesn't he? I mean, that entire running back class and group are just all dust aren't they really we've seen Dalvin Cook being useless Zeke Elliott's useless and we spoke about Mixon is he is he cooked and I don't know it gets age gets everyone doesn't it I mean they're all that sort of 27 28 range and it's uh no surprise that you try and move off these guys in dynasty we both thought that Zeke might have a nice role there but it's just not quite worked has it no I mean he's he's not looked great so far and and Ramondre's looked fine so yeah, it looks like he's down the pecking order there, doesn't he? But talk us through the Dolphins. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the Dolphins, really, this is, um, I mean, Tua didn't ball out for 470 yards like he did last year, but he just did enough to get the job done. And, I mean, the running back room, Raheem Mostert was excellent, really. 18 carries for 121 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He was he was really good. And he has these games, and if he can stay healthy, he'll be very, very useful, but just never know. Devon A-Chain got mixed in a little bit and um, got a carry and got a reception, but he's just a very much an afterthought at the moment. I don't think he's uh, sort of dead, though, at all. And, you know, see what the usage, you know, looks like in a few weeks' time because most of uh, will have these games where he misses it. Wilson's still out on IR. I think Salvan Ahmed got an injury as well, didn't he? And, um, you know, pulled groin or something, so he might miss a bit of time. So... The usage of A-Chain might increase because I don't think they've got much of a choice going forward. But, I mean, this is all about the wide receiver boys, isn't it, really? And Waddle and Hill didn't do as much as they did the week before, but every week they just seem to do enough. And Hill gets five receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. Waddle goes for 86 yards, four receptions, and just seems at ease they can just go for 80 yards without really trying. Yeah, so I think Uncle Bill decided fairly early on that he wasn't going to get beat over the top by these two and... and... They kind of kept everything in front of them, but then Miami showed that they could win it by running most of it down down the throats of the Patriots. So Miami kind of showed that they can win both ways. If you if you cut out the two two big guys over the top, then they'll win another way, which was good good for the Dolphins to show that they could do that, and it was good for Tua to show that he could do that as well. He didn't need the deep guys, and he did dink and dunk his way there, and they could win and be efficient in another way. So in real football, it was an actual good win for the Dolphins, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And there's a lot of talk this week that Tua is the favourite for the MVP award, which um probably a bit premature after week two. But, you know, I think, as you said, it's a very good real-life football win. It shows they can just get it done. And, and most, uh, I mean, when he's healthy, he's excellent. Again, we keep mentioning our redraft league, but I picked up most in our redraft league, and he's he, he's going to be fine. As long as he's healthy, he's such a reliable weapon it's just uh whether or not he can stay healthy so for me keep an eye on a chain he's not really a guy that we liked and we changed our mind a few times on him but i think if you can stash him it might be worth it because uh if ackman misses some time there might be some uh might be some work to come there for a chain in the weeks ahead wait a minute to mvp i thought he was just a very average quarterback Rated average by idiots, but uh, yeah, let's not get into that. Um, take us to Carolina. So, New Orleans eight twenty, and the Carolina Panthers seventeen. So, looks closer than it probably was. But Bryce Young twenty two from thirty three for one hundred and fifty three yards, one touchdown, and a two point conversion. 
one fumble as well, which is disappointing. But I really like what I've seen from Bryce Young. I really like him in the pocket. I really like his poise. I just like everything about the way he plays the position. He just seems to have that it factor. Um, he's not getting much help at the minute with his receiving core. I mean, he's got the the corpse of Adam Thielen there doing bits. He's got a rookie, Jonathan Mingo. He's got DJ Chark just back from injury. I mean, I don't know if you saw Frank Wack suggest that they need to get LaVisca Chenault involved more. I did, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we thought he might be used as like a Debo Samuel type weapon didn't we but uh yeah they, they actually seem to want to do that so i don't know why try and force it it's just a very weird situation yeah it doesn't make much sense to me but um just quickly the running backs tuba hubbard two carries for 16 yards five from five receptions which was nice for 34 yards miles sanders 14 carries for 43 yards but he's clearly getting the running volume three from five receptions just four yards so looks like hubbard's getting the third down work and it kind of got him the points yesterday as well didn't it it did, and Hubbard's a guy that I've kept hold of in quite a few leagues because I just I just like him, and you know he put up a two thousand yard season in college, and he can do a bit through the air as well. So I mean, Sanders has been a bit disappointing for me, and I think you mentioned in in the chat actually that you know you're a bit worried about Sanders. You wouldn't really be starting him, and I think he's got an injury as well, and he's hurt his pec or his chest or something. So I don't know. They've paid him a lot of money, but for me, I. I I don't know, I'm not really interested in Sanders. I think Hubbard's a nice little stash. Yeah, I do as well. He gets he gets good third down work and I think if a Sanders injury eats into that that volume as well, doesn't he? So Jim Hubbard could be a nice little pick up in your in your leagues if he's still knocking about, couldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Well I mean on the wide receiver room, uh, this was an old head, Adam Phelan popping up with uh, seven receptions and he got the touchdown, but Jonathan Mingo, bit of a sighting as well. He got three receptions as well, and DJ Chart mixed back in. I'll tell you, he's an absolute bum. You say it for me, please. Terrace Marshall. Honestly, honestly, I, I dropped him finally in loads of leagues, and then after week one, he got six targets, I think, and I picked him back up in a couple. And then he pulls this out of the bag. I mean, I, I'm dropping him again, and I'm don't let me pick him up again, please. <laughs> Just so I dropped him. In- I dropped him in a couple of leagues and then uh, he got picked up by a couple of other lads and I thought, oh no, have I dropped him too early? But this has just confirmed that I didn't drop him too early. So yeah, oh, I'm done with him. Yeah, I mean, use your commissioner powers and just remove him if you see me pick him <laughs> up again because he's absolutely crap. Um, I mean, Hayden Hurst didn't do as much as he did last week. Three targets, three receptions. But yeah, I mean, moving on to, to the Saints, really. I mean... Derek Carr was a bit erratic, to, to say the least, really. He wasn't that, that great, was he? But they did enough. And uh, Tony Jones on the ground, just punching a couple of uh, couple of touchdowns in after being really inefficient. But with um, with Jamal Williams about to miss a bit of time, it, it's talking like he's hurt his hamstring. It could be a few weeks. Got Kamara, I think he's got one more week suspended, hasn't he? So Tony Jones might offer some short-term value, but... For me, I think it might be Kendro time. I mean, he's a guy that we like. I've actually moved him away this week in a league where I'm winning now, but I think this might be a perfect time to try and get Kendro Miller before he goes off because there's a very real chance if he's active week three, he might get a lot more involved with no uh, with no Williams on the pitch. Yeah, Dennis Allen suggested yesterday that Kendro Miller is fit and will make this week's game. So 
definitely came to watch for this week because he's a guy we both really, really like. Um, I've got him in a few places. I moved him out of my uh, my taxi squad today in uh, in Essex just because um, J.K. Dobbins obviously went down. I hadn't moved anyone to replace him yet, and I've moved Miller there now because I think um, I think I might have to use him in the next few weeks. I think um, I think his role is going to expand there and. With Jamal Williams apparently a hamstring, I think it's going to be a few weeks. So it could be literally the Kendra and uh, Kamara show. Yeah, I mean, Kamara, we're in a, a current redraft at the moment, aren't we? This guillotine league. And oh, I debated Kamara because I think people have forgotten that Kamara looked really good in, in, in you know, I think, was it pre-season? He looked really shifty. I can't remember if it was pre-season or tail end of last. But um, I think people forget how good he's going to be. So when he comes back, there could be a very nice role for him as well. But yeah, week three. It's the Kendra Miller show to so get him before uh, before he goes off. But the wide receiver room, I mean, Chris Alave only pulls in six of his 11 targets, but he just goes for 86 yards without really trying. He's so good. And he pulled out what could possibly be one of the catches of the season. Did you see this out on the left-hand side? Yeah, the one-hand catch. He just looks electric, doesn't he? Oh, he's incredible. He's so, so good. And I think in his picture, I don't know if it's on sleep or if it's on player. Pro- yeah, it's on sleeper. He's wearing a do-rag. I mean, Incredible. It's, that's elite for me. Yeah, I've just brought it up now and uh, just moved into the top of the wide receivers. Yeah, wide receiver one for me. He's got a do-rag on, one-handed catch. I mean, incredible. Tell you, I also had a really, really good catch. Michael Thomas out on the side as well. He fell on his ass and just about stayed in, but he's been he's been quietly okay, Michael Thomas, if he can stay healthy. I took him in some startups this year just because uh, I think it was like the 15th or 16th round and he was so cheap. I just thought if he's fit, he's going to get volume and he's fit and he's getting volume. So yeah, how long it can last for, we don't know because, you know, these injuries around the corner for for Thomas, as we've seen. But while he's there, he's going to get the volume, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. So I think these these are... Saints wide receivers, you can pretty much start all of them. We don't want to go too much into the tight end room because we, we both hate him, really. But Taysom Hill, um, I mean, he got eight, uh, nine carries, sorry, uh, for 75 yards. I mean, he's so frustrating. And obviously, we're big fans of Kendra Miller. Pick him up if you can because we really like him for this week. It really wouldn't surprise me if, if Taysom Hill leads in carries and punches in two or three touchdowns. He's, he's got that about him. We've seen this before. I wouldn't be picking him up, but I just, I don't know. If you're in a tight end premium league and you haven't got someone to start and Taysom Hill's on the waivers, it might be worth an emergency start. I know you're not going to do it because you despise him, but could you? would you be surprised if he punched a couple of touchdowns in and got a load of yards? I absolutely wouldn't be surprised. He, he did for you in the league last year. You played him on a, on a, on a week by chance. and I think he put up 35 points, didn't he? I did. It was a week. I think the quarterback was out and I thought he might get a few snaps in at quarterback and he put up 45 points. And that wasn't in the tight end Premier League either. I mean, he's just one of those players that if you're in a pinch, you know, tight end is so rubbish that you're going to get two or three points from most bums anyway. So put him in and he might get you 25 points. He's one of those lads. So I don't know. I wouldn't be starting him at running back, but if you want to start him in your tight end slot, I think... Uh, there are worse things to do. It won't feel good, but I think the production might be worth it. So just a quick uh, a quick question. Rashid Shahid, legit or not? Because I asked this in the in the uh, group today. What, what do you make of him? I think he is, yeah. I mean, I thought he was just a bit of a deep threat. And I think he's wearing a do-rag as well in his um, sleeper photos. So I thought he was more of a deep threat, but he's shown this season that he's actually been quite efficient on his touches. And I like him. I, I think he 
he's going to have a bit of a ceiling there, isn't he, with uh, with Michael Thomas there and Chris Olave this season. But I don't know what Michael Thomas's deal is, whether he's just on this one year. But I do like him. I don't know if I'd be moving for him. Where I've got him, I'm happy to hold. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I like him. I think um, I've been burned by Marquise Callaway before, but I, I do think Rashid Jahi can be elite. I think... Um, I think the role will expand when Thomas goes. I think he's shown that he can do more than be a deep threat. I think he's a really good route runner and he's shifty. And I think Carl likes him as well. I think Carl, you've seen a few clips on the sideline telling him to go on some go routes and he'll hit him. And I think Carl quite likes him and that always matters, doesn't it, with a quarterback. But yeah, I do like Rashid Shahid. Yeah, likewise. Well, um, I mean, last, the final game of the week... Uh, in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers 26, the Cleveland Browns 22. I mean, before we even look at the score, I mean, this was just really sad news for uh, for Nick Chubb, as we mentioned at the beginning. And we've sort of touched on this running back room already, but the images were just absolutely brutal. And it, it's just a bit of a worry. How long is he going to be out for? I don't think it, it will be his complete career over, but I don't think it'll be much use when he gets back. He'll be 28, 29 had his knee absolutely ripped to shreds. It's just, uh, yeah, really sad news for him, isn't it? Yeah, we're not going to be seeing him squatting uh, 300 pounds this summer, are we? No, definitely not. Um, we've already touched on the running back room already at the beginning, but obviously Jerome Ford took over and put up over 100 yards. And But they've now signed Kareem Hunt. So that will mix in, I suppose. We'll see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks. But the big thing really is Nick Chubb. If you've got him, you've just got to put him in your IR slot and hope for the best. But... Um, yeah, it's very, very bad news for him. I mean, Deshaun Watson still struggling, isn't he, really? I mean, he put up uh, decent yards, really, but he's only thrown for one touchdown. I don't know, he just doesn't look like the same player. And a lot of talk is that when he was in Houston, he was playing in a dome. He's now playing in windy Cleveland with a load of idiots in the crowd. I, I, I don't know. Um, he's just not looking like the same player. He's a bit similar to Phil at the minute in that he does some really good stuff and then the bad stuff is really bad. So, yeah, I really like Deshaun Watson as a player. But at the minute, he's kind of struggling in that offence, isn't he? I don't know if it fits. I don't know if it's working. But I do re- I do think that they're... I do think it might improve as it goes on. I mean, I know I've been saying this since last year when he looked terrible, but the Steelers is also a really good defence and... A couple of the sacks he was got to within seconds. I don't know what's happened behind that O-line. But, yeah, I mean, I think give Watson another few weeks yet and just just see what happens. But that's probably a bit optimistic. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see, won't we? Yeah, I'm the same. I think people are really out on him, though. I mean, there's a few polls that have gone up in Dynasty that people would rather have Daniel Jones. I mean, if you've got Daniel Jones, I'd happily move on to Watson, even if you have to pay a bit on it. So, yeah, see how it goes. I mean... The wide receiver room, Cooper started when people thought he probably wouldn't. I benched him in a few leagues because it was a later game, wasn't it? And I didn't play him, but he went for 90 yards and got 10 targets. Elijah Moore, though, for me, quite disappointing. He got nine targets, only pulled in three of them. And it's really make or break time for Elijah Moore because everyone likes him. And he had a bit of draft capital. He kicked off a bit in New York. He gets this move. And yes, yeah, it's, it's very early, but it's just not quite clicked yet. And I suppose the positive thing, nine targets, that there'll be better days to come if Deshaun Watson can find his rhythm. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with Elijah Moore at the minute. I think there are better days to come. I think they've got a, a nicer run coming up and there's some get-right games for both Watson and Elijah Moore. But um, yeah, I'm not out on either of them yet. And I still think we need to see it over a few more games. 
Yeah, likewise. And David Njoku, four targets, four receptions. He was he was fine, really. He didn't quite get the, the touchdown that would have boosted his score, but we'll see. I mean, this is a very good win for the Steelers, to be honest with you. And I know that people are out on Kenny Pickett and the metrics and all the measurements and stuff would suggest that he's been really, really poor this season. I still like him. And, uh, you know, I don't know why. Um, the two gloves does wind me up, but I, I still like him. I don't really know why. Um, but this running back room, Najee Harris, in fairness to you, you were on Jalen Warren very, very early. I drafted Harris at value this offseason in a startup because I thought, you know, he'll get some volume. He's been crap. He's been absolutely rubbish. And I'm possibly going to start Jalen Warren this week because he went for six carries for 20 yards, but he got four receptions for 66 yards. And I think he's just better than Harris. He's more bursty. He's quicker. He's... He just seems to want it more. I don't know. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I picked up Warren everywhere last year just because he was really, really good in pre-season and um, Mike Tolman was really abusive in praise of him. And yeah, he was good in the spells that we saw last year, but then in the beat writers this year were saying it's going to be a spit or he's going to start taking over just because he's got more burst. He's better in the past game. He's more explosive. And we're kind of seeing that play out at the moment, aren't we? I mean, four from six receptions for 66 yards is is really good, isn't it? And 12.6 points for Jalen Warren. I just think he's going to be startable for a lot of people coming up very soon. Yeah, likewise. I mean, I've got Harris in one league. As I said, it was a start-up this year. And I've just got to hope that he has like a go-off game. He's playing the Raiders and, and the Texans next. If he goes off, maybe try and move off if you can. It might even be a good chance, if you can, if you've got Najee Harris, try and move off of him for Damian Pierce because I think you might be able to get Pierce and something for Harris just on name value. But I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit optimistic there. Yeah, I don't know. That is something to look at, though. I think if as soon as Harris has a good game to try and get out on him. Yeah. I mean, the wide receiver room, um, obviously Deontay Johnson's missing a few weeks here, but Pickens went off and people are worried about separation and his target share, but he got 10 targets this week for 127 yards and a touchdown. He's a bit of a weapon, like literally a weapon, but he's very, very good. He's uh, he's just a bit of an alpha and I really like him. We all like the little balaclava picture of him when he got drafted with his belly hanging out and uh, what a great game for him. Yeah, his touchdown was lovely. It was like a slant and go, but he was so quick, wasn't he, on the end of it? It was brilliant. But um, I never really saw him getting the volume of 10 targets, so that was quite a nice bonus. I know he only brings in four of them, but he's just an explosive element to the offense, isn't he? And it's a pretty poor offense, and that's all down on the offensive coordinator for me. But Pickens is one of the bright spots, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he didn't get 10 targets in a single game last season. That's the highest he's ever got. So, um, I mean, yeah. a lot of that's helped by Deontay Johnson. He's a bit of a target hog and he's obviously missing some time now. But, yeah, he's excellent. And, um, and his stock's going up and up, isn't it, really? So that's why I'm, I'm holding out a bit of faith for Kenny Pickett because he's got a very good alpha wide receiver there. And, I don't know, it's a very good win for them in real life. Tight end room, Frymouth's been a bit, um, a bit disappointing for me, really. Yeah, we used to like Fat Mouth. I do still quite like Fat Mouth. But yeah, one one from one for two yards is not great, is it? 1.20. So, yeah, disappointing. The, the offense as a whole, Pittsburgh needs to do something. They even need to bin Canada, Matt Canada, or I don't know. They won't do it in the season because that's just not what they're like. But I'm surprised they kept him. But yeah, it's, it's very weird. Some weird concepts, some weird routes. They just do some weird things. It's a, it's a terrible offense, but... These guys are doing it in the terrible offence, and I do feel a bit sorry for them. I, I hate the Steelers in general, so I don't feel that sorry. But 
it's tough for them to produce in in this offense. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, I think that wraps up our um, game summary for this week. As usual, we've gone on a bit bit longer than usual, but we like to uh, like to get into detail, don't we? Yeah, we like to give people their money's worth, don't we? So uh, let's move on to studs and duds. So um, first up for me, uh, my studs. So not someone I'm keen on as a player, um, but we just can't argue with what he's doing right now. Two games, um, both through the ground and through the air. 18 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns with two from three receptions for 42 yards. So my stud of the week, Brian Robinson. That hurt, didn't it? I could feel the pain. The second time you've been upset in this pod. I've got to, I've got to give people credit even when I don't like them. So yeah, it hurt a little bit. Well, uh, my start is to play with light for a very long time uh, from Michigan, where he suffered abysmal quarterback play that followed him to the NFL. He now finally seems to have a very serviceable quarterback, and he's fast becoming an, the alpha that we always thought he could be. So over the last couple of weeks, he's had 20 targets, 226 yards over the last two weeks. My start of the week is Nico Collins. I love it. We've been waiting. It's about time. I think if you are uh, even a broken clock's right twice a day, because uh, we've been waiting a long time, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting, but it's, it's really nice to see, isn't it? It really is. Take us through the duds. So my dud, one of my favourite guys, so this one does hurt, uh, completely stifled by both the opposition and the game scripts. He come away this week with uh, 0.9 points. My dud of the week with four carries, Brees Hall. Very disappointing. He's gutting, isn't it? Not good news. Bright days to come, hopefully. I mean, my dad of the week. We keep going back to the well, don't we? On the back of an excellent end to the last season, he was soaring up the draft boards and put up 100-plus yard games at the end of the season. But after 22 attempts for 29 yards in week one, he was a healthy scratch for week two and now suddenly doesn't align with the Rams' values. My dad of the week, Cam Akers. Well, he might not only be your dad, but he, uh, he might be cut from the Rams fairly soon, mightn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's mad, really, that, uh, you know, going up draft boards and people are excited about him, now he could be unemployed, because I, I do think there's a very high chance they might just cut him. They've done it before. I think they did it with Todd Gurley, didn't they? So, um, yeah, we could very well see him just get cut because people don't want to pay, but um, they need him out of the building. He needs a fresh start and just got to hope he gets a, gets a job, but it won't be as a lead back. Yeah, definitely not. So on to the stash of the week, the dynasty stash. So this is a guy that um, that we could say that you should be looking at or, you know, potential pickup that could become some sort of value. So my stash this week. So I wrote up the show sheet on Monday and then I think yesterday he got moved to the actual squad, didn't he? And I, I messaged you privately and was like, well, that's ruined it for me. You're not going to you're going to claim you don't remember anything, are you? No idea. I've got no idea what you're talking about. In fairness, no. In fairness, you credit you did. Uh, you did message me Monday. You were ahead of the official news. But uh, go on. You know, jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. So my uh, my stash of the week. So this is just a, a huge punt. Uh, probably dependent on how injured David Montgomery is. The only right running back there at the minute that will do the early down work like David Montgomery is Craig Reynolds. But you know, Reynolds is fine. He's nothing special. I just think Zonovan Bam Knight could get a chance and um, he could do something on the Lions on that early down work. He's probably on waivers and will cost you nothing, so you can always drop him if he doesn't amount to anything. I actually checked today and he's on quite a lot of rosters, so quite a lot of people believe in Zonovan Bam Knight, but he could get a chance for the Lions coming up very soon. What do you make of this one? 
Yeah, I mean, I actually, um, I picked them up myself in a couple uh, based on your your thing, actually. So, yeah, I do like it because Craig, I'm not calling him Craig. I'm not having that. It's Craig Reynolds. I mean, he's just a guy, isn't he? And if, uh, if Montgomery misses a few weeks, I think Bam Knight is probably a better running back to fill in for that sort of hard yards work where they don't want to run Gibbs into the ground. So, yeah, I do quite like it. And he is still on a couple of waivers. But as you said, he's a bit more rostered than perhaps he should be. But, uh, yeah, I like that as a stash. Nice. So uh, my one is uh, Dontavian Wicks. Uh, so when we spoke about this wide receiver room, just full of some guys that uh, could possibly rise up uh, in the offseason, Dontavian Wicks is taking his opportunity. I mean, Christian Watson's going to be the, the alpha there, but he's not healthy and we don't know how healthy he's going to be when he comes back. Jalen Reed's done very well, but he could operate out of the slot quite a bit. So, uh, I mean, Wicks is going to be competing with Dubes as sort of the outside, more physical receiver. Uh, led the Packers in wide receivers in yards this week. Got four targets and a touchdown. He looked very impressive for me. So if Watson misses any time or if he niggles that injury again, I think Dontavian Wicks could offer some value this season. So, um, yeah, I liked what I saw. Worth stashing away. He's on. He's rostered in quite a few leagues, but um, very deep guy. So, I mean, what do you make of Dontavian Wicks? Yeah, I really like it. Um, like we said previously, you've got to keep an eye on the guys that have a rapport with a new quarterback and he seems to have that with Jordan Love, doesn't he? And he's a rookie and he's come in, he's a bigger body that they don't really have and yeah, I really like it. He was on um he was on a taxi squad in one of our leagues today and I nearly poached him for a fifth, but I didn't. I just wanna see how it plays out a little bit more because I didn't really have the space and I would have been dropping a guy in my squad. So yeah, he's one to keep an eye on for me, Don Savian Wicks. Yeah, likewise. So, and that, uh, that concludes the week, doesn't it? Yeah, that concludes it this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with a round-up of week three and probably uh, more players that we are furious with. But uh, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. The podcast is also available to download on most popular podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're available on Twitter at Adjust Ranks. We'll be back next week. Until then, my office is fully open. And league winners will always be available at my facility.